I really spent a half a million on the house for granted I'm really out here dancing, I'm really not romantic I really got that petty, Hey, hey, I really know it's Eddie I Yo, what's good, man? We're back. It's first smoke of the day. It's episode 46. We're right here in LA at the headquarters of Ball Family Farms. It's your boy Pat God's in the building. I'm here with my co-host Blackleaf. What up? And we got super special guests in the building, man. Chris Ball, my man D from Ball Family Farms. What's good, boys? Thanks for having us. What's happening? First smoke <laughs> of the day. Yes, sir. <laughs> we outside. Yes, sir. Man, this headquarters is dope as hell, man. I like Thank what you, you guys bro. have done with the brand and everything, man. It's like I've been knowing about the brand for a little while now, and and I've always, you know, the branding in and everything all the way to the flowers. Like I smoke it, I like it, I'm a fan of it. So it's dope to be here sitting with you guys. Thank you, man. Appreciate, appreciate that. Love. We're literally right across the street from a dispensary if you wouldn't, you know, but there's a four foot nug jar behind Ball Family Farms that I just can't get past. It's so dope, yeah. bro, with your signature strain. So hard. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Dan, Dan, Mrs. Mrs. Daniel LaRusso, right? She done made us, uh, she done got us here today. So I wanted, you know, when we made this place or when I designed it, I wanted the people who came here and who worked here and the little events that we throw here, I wanted them to get an essence of, you know, who we are, where we come from. And, you know, nothing's greater, bro, than big pictures of weed, like on your walls and shit that kind of kind of lets people know who you are. Yeah, straight up, man. Like the whole just to the T. I mean, yeah. there's even pictures of of all your strains down the hallway when you walk up the stairs, like details. You know what I mean? That's kind of what makes a brand, in my opinion. So, yes, yeah, visual. Right. Like I'm a, I've always been a visual learner, you know, what I'm saying as a kid. So. I like pictures. I like to see things because they make me feel some type of way. Right. So I tried to emulate that um, in the office. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When it comes to branding and stuff, I wanted people to be here and, and feel some sort of nostalgia and actually feel like they're in this Ball Family Farms universe, you know? Absolutely. So the creates the culture. What, what inspired the flags? The you race what, flags? The, the flags were honestly a tribute um, to Nipsey Hustle. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Damn, because that's dope, man. right as the brand was starting to to get legs and right as I was designing things and coming up with all this stuff, you know, we lost them. Yeah. And so with that, him being such an advocate, you know what I'm saying, for 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 South Central Los Angeles, where I'm from, where I was born and raised, um, I just felt like it would be a cool little touch to kind of pay homage to him. You know what I'm saying? Because and and right when he passed away, everyone was kind of screaming the marathon continues, right? So then I just kind of coined a little the marijuana thon continues because oh, I like that. I was in, we were in the process of of social equity and getting my license. And I was like, you know what, this is a moving target and it doesn't seem like this is gonna end anytime soon. This is gonna be a marathon. So I kind of coined that and threw the flags up and um, you know, just to just to pay homage to the big homie. Absolutely, bro. I, I like it. It's got a, it, for it to be like a cannabis brand, it's got such a clean, like classic feel that it's just timeless. Thank you. I bro. like that. Super dope. That, it's interesting that you say that because that, that logo went through a, a few renditions, right? Yeah. Because I wanted it to look a certain type of way. And, you know, my team, I was smart enough to know, you know, make sure you grab a team of people who are smarter than you when it comes to certain things, you know? So, um, I got to really give a shout out to uh, my branding and marketing team, JNF, because I had it looking one way and then they brought in someone and was like, OK, they took what I got and they were like, can we just like fine tune it and refine it just a little bit so it doesn't look like such a cannabis brand? Can we like yeah. make it appeal to you know a broader audience? And I'm like, I right, go for it. 
So when they came back with this, I was like, yo, that's fire. That's that clean. Is fire. You know what I mean? Yeah, I shot it. it around to a couple of people and they was like, yeah. yo, that's it, bro. Leave yeah. it just like that. So yep. appreciate that. And shout out to JNF. <laughs> yeah, straight up. No, nah, and then the gear, I mean, everything you can, it's something you can rock and you can wear and you don't feel like, you know, you don't feel too crazy at a party or a function where no one's smoking weed or no one's into weed or whatever, you know? That's it's, the best part because even when I live down in OC, like the culture is different than LA. So our original merchant logo was a little bit different. It had a, a cannabis leaf on the on the outfit, and I would be walking around my neighborhood just getting weird looks from a lot of families. So kids once stuff. we made the change, you know, it's it's definitely uh, acceptable wherever you're at, you know. And, and more than that, it's just about not being letting people put the brand in a box mm -hmm. or whatever. You know what I mean? And yep. So you guys did it in a dope way though, where it's like still fresh. You know what, you know what it looks man? Like streetwear. It, it came when it came. You know, when we first got the logo. Uh, they had always asked me, like, what are your plans? You know, like, if you could have this your way, what would it be? And like I said, since I'm such a visual person, bro, and I'm such um, I'm, I'm, I'm an artist, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a visual guy. I'm an artist. All these things. I'm a creative. I was like, I want to take this into merch. I want to take it into possibly content film. I want to do all kind of things with this brand. So they were like, all right, well, then we need to do something that appeals, that can appeal to all of those different genres and markets. So now, you know, you're going to see this logo, but you're going to see instead of it saying farms underneath, you're going to see other things. You're going to see Ball Family Films. You may see Ball Family, you know, fashion. You may see That's Ball dope. Family Freight. You know, right. we try to use all the Fs so it's still BFF, but it's the same logo, but underneath is just... That's what, what we're doing in particular, you know? So it's the same concept applies when we do the merch. You know, I try to, I try to, you know, uh, emulate the big homie burner, you know what I'm saying? What, what, what they've done with cookies, that, that, that logo and that branding, it's, it's anonymous. You know, when you see it, you know it, you understand what it is, but it's not, you know, some of the designs are just really classy and dope. So I wanted to kind of, you know, just kind of follow in the footsteps of the people that are doing it and that are doing it right. Yeah, absolutely. And you put, put a dope ass twist on it too. It's like I got a race feel and it's timeless, classic, red, white, and blue. Can't love beat that. that shit. Can't beat it. Shit, man. Talk about your story growing up in South Central and stuff. Yeah, you know, man. what was it like? Cause it all it's always appealing, like like it, I'm not from LA, so mm. it's a big city. When you come out here, like this shit is is massive. You know what I mean? It's I don't mm. think people really understand that haven't been here or lived here. But, you know, coming up in a big city like that, what was it like, you know, your first interactions? You know, man, growing up, you know, in, in, in South Central, um, and I should clarify, right? My, my whole childhood was not in South Central because I got into trouble very early, you know, and my mom was smart enough to move me out of there. But, um, in my, in my early years, you know, and this is the early eighties, you know what I'm saying? I was born in 77, bro. So I'm, I'm definitely an eighties baby. There was a lot of violence, you know, there was a lot of gang violence, um, I was born off of 94th and Hoover. So, you know, my mm. whole family is Crips, you know what I'm saying? So I saw a lot, you know, as a little kid, uh, my uncles all gang bang, you know, uh, my cousins all gang banged. I lost one of my first cousins, you know, uh, we were probably like five or six, bro. He accidentally got shot in the stomach with a shotgun, you know what I'm saying? Just outside, we're all out, just outside playing. So I saw a lot, you know, very, very early, you know, so when you when you deal with the with those kind of things as a young guy very early, it kind of sets your your mind up, you know, in a different way. You know what I'm saying? So uh, to be out here, you know, especially as a young guy, it was just more or less about survival. You know, it wasn't the childhood of you know dreams and aspirations and this and that. It was more or less don't get killed today. 
You know, when you're going to school or when you're doing this, watch out, you know, make sure you get in the house by a certain time. Don't let them street lights catch you on. You know, our parents, you know, they were really adamant about those kind of things. So um, that's kind of like how it was growing, you know, being in there early, you know, and then as I, as my mom, you know, once a few things happened and I got kicked out of school because now I'm emulating things that I'm seeing, you know, from my family, from my uncles, I'm, I'm watching them have certain altercations and then I'm emulating those altercations when I have a little small altercation at school, you know what I'm saying? So once I got kicked out of school and my mom just kind of moved me an hour east, bro, to a city called Roland Heights. It was like a suburb, you know what I'm saying? Like right next to West Covina, Diamond Bar, Pomona. Everything kind of changed for me. You know what I'm saying? My mom, you know, they put me in sports, you know, channel some of this anger. You know what I'm saying? They gave me a football. So then I just kind of started taking all that frustration and that aggression out, you know, on the football field. And, you know, Back then, you know, that city was predominantly white, you know, so it was kind of culture shock for me at yeah. that time. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not used to seeing that many white folks, you know what I'm saying? I think in my school, there was probably like maybe 10 black, black people wow. in the entire school. And the suburbs. It's and the, near suburbs. the suburbs. Yeah, from it was, the city to the suburbs. It was no more ghetto. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it was clean. You know what I'm saying? The, 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 the kids at school, they were nice to me, you know what I'm saying? So it just became, I started listening to different music, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like everything just kind of changed for me. So, um, but I would periodically, you know, get back to LA to visit family and friends and stuff. But I, I started to really understand, Hey, there's a difference, you know? Yep. And the longer I stayed in Roland Heights and in that suburb, the more my mind kind of shifted, you know, you know what I'm saying? As to how I was thinking and how I was moving around. Not having to look to get shot, not having to worry about when you leave the house looking both ways. That right there is a huge. I mean, what an upgrade. I mean, that's for like that young of an age, what you just said about your, your homie with a shotgun. Like, that's just, that's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Like, I still straight remember up, it, like, you, that's, that's, that's PTSD for, it is, for real. life. Like, mm -hmm. that's young. You know, I can't even, I don't even remember what I was doing at five. You know what I mean? But you'll remember that. You, you remember that. I, mean? I don't Straight remember everything, up. but you know, you have, you have little spurts of memory, you know, yeah. some of things that you can think back to. Things. Yeah. Significant things back then. And that, that definitely is one of them. <laughs> what was it like, uh, you know, we were talking before and stuff and you were talking about, um, your first times kind of seeing, seeing cannabis mm -hmm. and seeing it come into your life and stuff. How did it kind of like come into your life? Were you in, in Rolling Heights at that time or? Yeah, I was in Rolling Heights. Um, so when I was seven, I was seven, maybe seven and a half, eight. My mom, um, met my step pops, Mr. Charles Ball Sr. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, he, he's, you know, his family's from uh, the Crenshaw district, but, you know, they were pretty much, they were a well off family. Like my grandmother and grandfather, um, own their own exterminating business. And that business was called, uh, Ball's Termite Company. Nice. And so, you know, my, my, my dad and, and his, my uncle, his brother, they were kind of running around running their parents' business. You know what I'm saying? So they were kind of middle-class, you know, African-Americans back in, back in that time. So him and my mom linked up. I'm seven at the time. And um, she kind of told him about me and kind of told, you know, he, he was aware of what was going on, but that was the first time he and I had met. So um, I know he told her like, listen, you know, me and you're going to do this. Let's bring Chris out, you know, out to Roland Heights. So that's how I actually got there because that's where he was living. Oh, got it. And so once I moved in with him, 
you know, my step pops was a, was a third degree black belt. You know what I'm saying? He looked like black Bruce Lee, bro. I swear to God, like this dude, when I met this guy, I was just completely fascinated with this dude. He was a gymnast, you know, uh, an, an ex collegiate athlete. Like he was just something I had never seen, you know? And so, um, every night after dinner, bro, you know, we would go, we would eat and then we would go over to the couch, you know what I'm saying? And I was always able to like watch a movie with my folks. So my step pops would always pull out this tray underneath the couch this tray like lived underneath the couch pull it out and he would get to rolling up these little cigarettes right which is my mom smoked cigarettes at the time so that's what i thought they were um but when he would light them up they would smell different than my mom's cigarettes so i'm like what what is he what is that like why does it smell different so he would leave and then you know sometimes i get home by myself he ain't got home from work yet so i go underneath the couch pull out the tray and I would look and I see like zigzag papers. My pops had one of them little uh, scissor things that will hold the roach. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So I would see the seeds and I would see the paper and I would just see how, you know, I'm like, what is this? Right. So that was kind of like my first experience of it. You know what I'm saying? I didn't touch it or anything because it was dad's, right? But that was my first visual of it. And I knew what it smelled like, right? So then fast forward, you know, I would be at barbecues with my family or Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever. And then I would see dad's cigarette again, you know what I'm saying? But this time grandma had it, you know, my uncle had it, my cousins <laughs> had it, you know what I'm saying? I'm like- It's a family affair. Yeah, I'm just, I'm uh, looking yeah, around. Celebration. And, you know what I mean? And you can imagine, you know, at now I'm eight, nine, the years go on, you're, you're watching all the people that you love the most, you know what I'm saying? Partake mm -hmm. and do this. So for me, ethically, I was like, oh, this is normal. Like this is not, you know, my, they, their cigarettes, there's dad's cigarette, there's, there's all these different things. Once I got to high school, um, I started to figure out, you know, from 10 to 16, you, yeah, you, you know you, what it you, is. It, it clicks, right? You get it. Oh, okay. I know what's going on. My and plus, I'm growing up in the Reagan era where it's just say no to drugs, right? So you can imagine. Damn. And and yeah. at, at school, it's just say no, just say no. But then at home, what my loved ones is just say yes, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. for me, like I said, ethically, it was okay. I, I I get I get what this is. So when I get to high school, um, my cousin Earl, neighborhood weed guy. Right. Earl was a neighborhood trapper. And so I'm into girls and sports and all of this stuff. But um, cousin Earl was always just super fresh. Hair and bone, you know, white T-shirts, Jordans, every single Jordan that came out, you know, Impala. He was he was that dude. And I knew what cousin Earl did. So, I, you know, I'm like, I, you know what, man, like I'm not really into this like that. But let me take a stab at it. You know, I want some fresh Jordans, too. You know what I'm saying? I want white T-shirts and all of that, too. So, yo, cuz like hook me up with a zip. So he did, you know what I'm saying? Here, man, this is how you break it down. This is what you sell it for, what have you. I was terrible, right? My first zip, I probably sold like half, you know what I'm saying? Gave the other half away, you know what I'm saying? Just, I was like, you know what, man, I'm not really into this. Needless to say, Cousin Earl wasn't happy because he didn't get a return on his investment. So I was like, I'm done. I actually smoked it um, at lunchtime. You know what I'm saying? With my little zip, I went out. You know, every high school got the stoners. You got the athletes. You got this, you got that. I got in a fight with my best friend over a chick. And so I left at, at halftime, I mean, at, uh, at, at lunchtime to go smoke with the stoners. And this was the first time, bro, I'd ever smoked. Bro, I got so paranoid, dog, because I think I smoked too much. Well, now I know I smoked too much. Yeah. You know, it being my first time and they just passing the blunt. 
Yeah, and it's going around and around. And it was a blunt, bro. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? It's going around and around. And I'm just, I'm just hitting it. Yeah, man. I can't believe he mad at me <laughs> yeah, because yeah. of this. And this, man, I didn't you, touch that girl. And you yeah. know what I'm saying? Bro, I got back to school in fifth period. And everything just started closing in on me. You know what I'm saying? Breathing. I can hear my I can hear myself breathing, but I can't feel it. Uh, Taste buds is gone. Like I'm just, I don't know what's going on. Man, I raise my hand. Can I go to the nurse? Nurse is like, sure. I mean, teacher's like, sure, what's the matter? I'm not feeling well. I get to the nurse, bro. I just spilled the beans. Yo, you need to call my mom right now. What's the matter? What happened, Chris? I was smoking weed at lunchtime. And I think I'm gonna die. <laughs> Yo, you were doing what? You were yes, I was smoking weed. I don't care if I get in trouble. You need to call my mom because I'm going to die. Right? Nurse lays me down. Mom shows up. You know what I'm saying? And it's all the classic, you know, yeah. symptoms and tell tales of your first time smoking and getting paranoid. But um, that was it, man. That's kind of how it it started for me. You know what I'm saying? It was from. That time of me turning 10 all the way up until I was 16, till I got my first zip and tried it. And then that was my kind of like introduction, you know what I'm saying, into the game. What'd your, what'd your mom do? She got there to pick me up, bro. And, and honestly, like she kept a straight face, you know, yeah. in, in, at school. <laughs> she couldn't get too mad, huh? Bro, she, was, uh. she laughed at me so hard, bro, because my parents were very liberal, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. you know, my dad, my mom knows my dad been smoking since, since I've known him. So, mm -hmm. and my dad told me at a very young age, he's like, listen, man, if you're going to smoke, like at least smoke with me first. You know what I'm saying? If this is something you're going to do, like dad you know, partakes in this. They weren't trying to like keep me away from things. Yep. My parents told me, you know, my mom bought me my first box of condoms. Like you're going to have yeah. sex, like have sex at home in your room. Like just put a towel on your door or something. Don't be out, you know, at her house or in some bleachers or something. So I have very liberal parents. So they were super yeah. chill. So when we walked out, man, she just kind of, she looked at me and she was like, I cannot wait to tell your dad about this one. And she just laughed, bro. She took me home Made me some soup, laid me on the couch. She's Damn. like, you'll be fine. She's like, you just need to take a nap. She's like, you'll be fine. She's like, well, your dad's going to want to have a conversation. You know what I'm saying? So I was kind of, I was scared. You know, I'm like, damn, dad's going to kill me. <laughs> I woke up and my dad, like I was laying on the couch and my dad was like sitting on the couch watching TV when I woke up and he looked at me and he goes, now I told your ass <laughs> first time you wanted to smoke, you're supposed to smoke with me. And I'm like, yeah, dad, I'm sorry. You know, he's like, what was in it? I was like, I don't know. I didn't roll it. He's like, you didn't even see what they rolled it with? I'm like, nah. I was like, but it's the homie. It was the homie such and such. And, you know, the, the dude I was smoking with was like our high school barber. He was a, yeah. like a senior. So I'm like, it wasn't lace. I just smoked too much. Yeah. And so they were real chill about it, though. They, was, they were super cool about it. I didn't get in no kind of trouble. They just laughed at me. And that that's was some, that. That's some wild shit for the first time. Yeah, that's bro. the first time in, in, in he, this podcast, for sure, where get get high at school and go to the school nurse. Got to call it a wrap. I just, I feel you. And tell on yourself. Yeah, I feel you on that. <laughs> I had a similar story, kind of. Cops do it all the time. You hear all them conversations where they call and tell the, you know, 911 that they're freaking out. They ate yeah. a pop brownie or whatever. The, the edibles, oh. man. <laughs> them are so funny, bro. I've heard some of those. Those are hilarious. But big shout out to your mom for having the foresight to not like 
yell at you or, or come Some down cool on you and make real. it, yeah, to kind of be understanding and be like, well, you know, he'll make his own decision. He didn't have a good time, you know, to kind of let you figure it out. Yeah. And that's what she did. And it, and it worked because yeah. I didn't smoke. You know what I'm saying? Like even I didn't even really start smoking, bro. I tried a couple more times, you know, as I got older, my adolescent years, you know, um, my college years, obviously you try, uh, but it's still, it just never really was a thing for me. I got paranoid like two or three more times, but it wasn't something so crazy because I understood what was happening at that point. And by then, I, by the time I get to college, I didn't already, you know, I'm in the game. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I'm already in, I'm, I'm, I'm trapping, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To put myself through school, which we'll get into. But um, I just was like, you know what? This is not for me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'll kind of stick with alcohol, you know, mm -hmm. and I just kind of started studying it, you know, from, from, a, from a trapping standpoint. I don't yeah. really need to, to use I just, I can tell, you know, I started studying the, the plants themselves, you yeah. know what I'm saying? The flowers themselves at that point. Absolutely. I feel like at that time too, you got a lot of homies around you that probably are real into weed. So you're able to kind of, you know. Being in Cali, I mean. Yeah. And you're yeah, like, bro, you're kind of just watching what's going on. You're seeing all your homies. When did it go from seeds and stems to crippy though? When did you, did you see that change? Did you I see did it, bro. it just kind of one day? It was you just know what? I take, I take that back. I take that back. I did because- when I first, you know, when my cousin was first giving me, you know, tree, it was Reggie. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It was, yeah. it was, it was seated. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And it was coming in little eight pound stress. You guys yeah, call it was stress, stress, right? Yeah, it was stress yeah. coming in little eight pound bricks. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, it, it somewhere along whatever year it was that Dre dropped the chronic, bro. And that's wow. called a chronic, right? That, that's when it really chronic started. Yeah, it started to change. When Dre dropped the chronic and then Kush came, it was kind of like, all right, you know, but. But even before then, we I started to get Arizona. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like it went from stress to AZ. The popcorn. Right? So yeah, so now it's the popcorn, right? And now it it don't come in eight, eight, eight uh, pound little compressed bricks. It comes in 12 pound fluffy. bells, fluffy, right? Well, you're like, okay, cool. And then after that, the that's when the chronic came because the 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 popcorn started to have this really distinct smell. You know, <laughs> yeah. it was like, ooh, what's that? And then the chronic drops and now we now we crippied up, you know what I'm saying? Straight up, damn. And now that's 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 just like history, the history of weed at mm -hmm. that point. Um, Absolutely, the evolution. And then Reggie would fast forward. Reggie would soon disappear, and uh -huh. uh, you know, birth of outdoors. Absolutely, which is you know California and stuff. Yep, outdoors with no seeds. D, what was your first time smoking weed? First time smoking weed was. Uh, sixth grade at school middle school i bought a bag off of a friend didn't even know what it was obviously a friend Jumped of ours a friend of ours rolled it up a joint smoked had a great high great experience ended up getting kicked out of school for the whole experience though <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> i swear Damn. i swear to god yeah they thought we were selling weed and this and that i was just bought a bag and i smoked it we all got kicked out of school you got caught smoking it? There or? was witnesses. There was other kids oh, that saw us. I swear I'll never forget it, man. And uh yeah, we were just being kids. But uh at the end of the day, it was it was a cool high. Um and that was my introduction. And then like some years later, like eighth, ninth grade, I found out that my pops was a big smoker. All these years I had no idea. And um, it was just kind of like Chris's family, you know, it was definitely uh, the normal in my family. And it honestly brought us closer. You know what I mean? We yeah. smoked for years and years together. So that's dope. That's pretty much how it all began. <laughs> I mean, I, if you compare it to alcohol, it's like 
pick your pick your pick your pick, pick your, your vice. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's yeah, like for sure. You know, people are going to enjoy themselves. What you know? What is it going to be? Maybe both. Whatever. But we got to definitely break this stigma with cannabis and weed because, like, it's still if you're at a party now, everyone's wasted. You light up weed, and they're still like. Like they sober right. up. You it's know getting it's better like, though. Bro, it's definitely, what? it's definitely getting there. You know there. what I mean? But it's especially in Cali, obviously, yeah. right? I'm, I'm talking about other parts too, but um, we're getting there, man. It's just, it, it's definitely, you know, uh, something that we all kind of need to band together and talk about, you know. So I'm definitely with you there because I, I'm a firm believer, man, that that cannabis will, you know, change Western medicine, you know. And I think once we, once we're able to break all these stigmas, then, you know, and put the, the necessary R and D dollars, you know, into mm. our, our beloved space, you're going to see a lot of people change their minds. You're going to see this, this plant, you know, kind of save lives, you know, and preserve life and give life, you know, uh, versus alcohol, which we all know takes life. Period. It's poison. Prescription. Yeah, it's pills. literally That's poison. Poison. what I talk it's, about. I lost oh, so many people to that shit. I know D can relate. Um, just coming from Florida is like, mm -hmm. that's the whole state got swept. And a lot of other states, right? Obviously, but I know a lot of people. The only way they bounced back was cannabis. Yeah, bro. I got the my only mom, way my, they're sober right now is bro, cannabis. I got, yeah. I got my mom off of opiates, bro. Uh, my mom has rheumatoid arthritis, and I weaned her off of opiates, bro, with edibles. You and know she, what I'm and saying? And they she, have no clue. None. Older people have no clue when they get the prescription from the doctor. They're like, "Yeah, they gave me this," and you're like, "Yo, do you know what that is?" They have no. And idea, it's only bro. one. No you only takes that one bottle. To get you to 60 pills and you're going to go through some rough ass withdrawals. Yep. And most people go into, well, this is wrong. I need to elongate this now. And yeah. now you're really fucked. Now you're hooked. Yeah, yeah. it's tough, yeah, man. I, I mean, coming from Florida, we've all seen it. I mean, it half bad. my homies growing up are gone, you know, and they were big weed guys. I lost a lot of friends to that shit. Exactly. Honestly, like, nah, young kids. Yeah. At that age, too, we were like trying to become a young man. And it's like, damn, you hear buddy died? And you're like, what? Yeah, like, bro. I thought he had his shit together, and it's like, yeah, it's crazy, crazy man. Because that's that's definitely you know that's definitely a culture thing, you know. Because mm -hmm. in South Central, or even in you know in Rolling Heights, for that matter, you know, here in California, that wasn't. I didn't see that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't. It's I didn't an see access pills. thing, right? Yeah, because yeah. in Florida there was like pill mills, pill mills everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, bro, it was either where I grew up and where I'm from. It was either uh, weed or crack. Yep, that was it. You know not even, not I, even heroin. I, I mean, yeah, heroin, yeah. Was there, heroin was around, yeah. you know, but it was more or less those things because, I mean, let's be real, like who in South Central can afford yeah. pills or who yeah. was even knowledgeable yeah. enough about that? And we're talking about the 80s, you know, the crack yeah, yeah, epidemic. Yeah, yeah. So I saw that, you know what I'm saying? That yeah. was very evident. You know what I'm saying? You smoke? Yeah, what? Uh, weed, just, just tree. Oh, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. P-dogs, you know, fools. I grew up with, you know, lacing the the blunt with with some coke, you know what I'm saying? And primo, P dog, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. They start smoking and start sweating and you like, damn, I don't want none of that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Weed saves lives. It really does because you're like, yeah, there's so many people that without that would have transitioned or wouldn't have made it through. Yeah. yeah. For sure. 100%. That whole concept of it's a gateway, that's that's totally false, bro. Yeah. yeah totally that was false. that was I'm put on us for yeah, sure. That's totally I haven't even false. heard that in years. Bro. I know, right? Yeah, the gateway drug. It's kind of died off. It's the when, gateway drug. When uh, everything started getting so transparent with the internet and shit. What? So what did it? What did it go from there? Mm -hmm. Like they they knew you tried it. You said you you know that was that was good for you. And then how did things evolve? Yeah, now, now you're knowing smokers and stuff at this. Did point, you take his advice like, and smoke with him. Um, <laughs> 
You know what? No, bro. I, I didn't know I did it because at that time I was so spooked. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like I was so annoyed out by the experience. I was like, nah, I'm good. Like pops, you, you, this is what you do. This is what they do. Hey, but this like, is how not the for fuck me. does he do that? Everybody? I didn't get it. I, I didn't get it. I was just like, you know, and then at that time I was discovering, you know, Boone's Farm and Hennessy and all this stuff. So yeah. I'm like, man, these are way, this is way yeah, better. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Being drunk and buzz is way better than that. I'm straight. But, um, so how how I really got back into it is that you know once I graduated school, um, my parents, you know, like I said, we we were at that point we were middle class, you know, what I'm saying middle to lower class. So my parents were like, you know, my dad had that conversation. He's like, listen, man, like you know, you about to graduate school, so you either got to work or you got to keep going to school, and we can't afford to send you to college. So if you're gonna do that, man, you know, what I'm saying you got to do something, but you know, you got to get out of here. You know what I'm saying? So if you're going to work, you could work and help pay bills. You could stay. If not, you got to make a move. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I got two younger brothers too, that they were raising as well, you know? So I was like, oh, I bet, you know, that's what's up. I, I understand that. And I wasn't really ready to go into the workforce at that time. Mm-hmm. I had homies who were graduated and, you know, they were working at like UPS or doing this or doing that. And I'm like, I ain't doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like I still wanted to, I still have football aspirations. I had entertainment aspirations um, that I was thinking about. So I said, all right, I'm going to move in with one of my homies. You know what I'm saying? I moved out of, at this time I was living in Rialto, California, right? So we had, we had, from the time I moved in with my pops at seven, um, we had transitioned over to Rialto, California in the IE so that I could play football at Eisenhower High School. Boom. And so I was there, you know, we won a national championship mm-hmm. over there. So pops, pops made a good move, you know? So once I graduated, I was like, all right, you know, I'm, let me still try to pursue this football thing. You know what I mean? Like, let me try to get a scholarly. So I moved out and I moved back to Walnut, you know what I'm saying? And enrolled in a um, college called Mount Sac Junior College over there in, uh, in Walnut, California, which is right next door to Roland Heights. So I knew everybody in that area from kind of growing up there. Once I got back over there, my cousin Earl, he still live over there. Cousin Earl. <laughs> cousin Earl is still, <laughs> still, still I think he still man. does, doesn't he? Cousin, cousin Earl out today, still, man. Shout out to Cousin still Earl, man. Cousin still Earl is still yeah. in Rolling Heights holding it is down. He no bullshit. Cousin yeah. Earl is still in Rolling Heights. Fucking legend. I love that. Legendary, right? Yeah. So I come back. I come back to Walnut. I'm rolling Mount Sack. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to play football. I didn't have no bread. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, all right, cuz now, you know, we we three years removed from the first time he plugged me and the stakes are higher. You know what I'm saying? I'm out of the house. I've matured a little bit. I understand what's at stake. So I'm like, listen, listen, cuz like one more time, you know what I'm saying? I got you this time, I, I swear. And he is my cousin. He's like, all yeah. right, man, look, you don't come back this time, bro. Don't call me no more. You need yeah. a loan. I got you. But don't call me for no more, for no more yeah. fronts. So he fronted me, you know what I'm saying? I think this time he fronted me like a half a P, bro. And I just broke it down, put it all in my backpack, went to campus and just started hitting. Crippy or brick? This is crippy. Ooh, here we this go. This is crippy. I'm, I'm, I'm chronic out. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm chronic up now, right? Taught me how to food save. He, he plugged me. Taught me, oh. you know what I'm saying? Like he, he put me on. So then I just became known, you know, on campus. You know, if you need some smoke, Chris got the smoke. You know what I'm saying? Hit him. And there was like this big, there was this big quad area on campus where everybody hung out. You know what I'm saying? So everybody kind of going to classes, but you could always come out of class and find the homies, you know, females, whoever, like chilling in this one little area, playing dominoes. I mean, this is junior college, right? So I would just post up after my classes. I post up for a couple hours, make my little sales, and I go to football practice. I did that for the next two years, bro, till I got my football scholarship, you know what I'm saying, to Berkeley. But during them two years, 
That's how I, you know, I put gas in my car. I had a, a 1969 Volkswagen bug, bro. Uh, I put gas in my car. I bought my books, paid my tuition, bought J's, you know what I'm saying? Like I was fresh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was, I was kind of, I was moving, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of how I put myself through school. And then once I got my football scholarship to Cal, it, it was a wrap. I was like, all right, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm going to go to Berkeley. I'm going to make it to the NFL. I'm going to do all of that shit. You know what I mean? And that, that was the dream at that point. Damn, that's fucking wow. straight determination too. Bruh. Yeah, because I mean, that's really where my 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 business acumen and my entrepreneurship, you yeah. know, set in. You know, because before then, I didn't really have no personal experiences with it. In from that standpoint, I saw my cousin; he did. You know, what I'm saying he knew he could pay bills, he knew he could do all these things, but I didn't. You know, my experience of it was well, cousin Earl does that. I tried it. It made me paranoid, you know, so I, there wasn't really any positives in my brain. I was just like, I need to make it happen. After that two years, I'm like, man, I can sustain myself. I can do whatever I want to do. You know what I'm saying? And I'm still only 20, you know what I'm saying? 19, 20 at the time. So at that time, your brain, you know, I'm not developed enough as a man. So I'm thinking I could always do this no yeah. matter what happens in life. I know how to bust down weed and I know how to sell weed so I can always take care of myself. You know what I'm saying? So but that's, that's really when it that that tattooed in my psyche, even though I put it down at Berkeley, it was always back there, which, you know, we'll get into when that came back up, yeah. <laughs> obviously, a lot later in life. Right. <clears throat> but it just shows you, man, like just to be so interrupt, it just shows you like, God forbid you took that job at UPS. It might have sidetracked you. Oh, for sure. Everything be, it kept you focused on this is the plan. I'm going to stick to the plan. Yeah, bro. And then you get mental freedom, which is the first thing it seems like you've had in a while through this, this story right here is the freedom of like, I'm going to be all right. Yeah, it was this a breakthrough. going to work out. Yep. It was a breakthrough. Yeah. It was definitely a breakthrough mentally. You know, when I look back at it now. That that moment was very instrumental in who I am today as a man and how I think and how I'm able to literally create a brand out of thin air, out of nothing. Yep. You know, it, it, it sparked right then in that moment. Concept to creation. Absolutely. What Absolutely. was it? What was it like then transitioning and going to Berkeley? That's that's got to be dope because that was dope, man. School. Yo, man, that was, you know, my college years was they were literally the best years, you know, of my life. You know, they ran a close second to my my two years at Mount Sac at junior college. You know what I'm saying? Because at Mount Sac is kind of where I kind of first realized that I could sustain on my own. So as a young man, you know, there's something about that, that yeah. you take that with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm out on my own. I'm living with my boy. I'm giving his mom little grocery money and stuff. Like, you know, my balls. You're independent. Yeah, my balls drop. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. like as a man. So as when I go into Berkeley, I kind of come into Berkeley with this, this swag and this air about myself. Like, you know, I'm not like the rest of you students that just came here and you got a scholarship and I actually took care of myself. I said, we bro, like I'm a man, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you, you know, I kind of brought that, that arrogance and that confidence in with me to school and it had positives, you know, on the football field, you know, when I played and it had negatives, you know, yeah. off the field when I'm trying to have conversations with people and my arrogance kind of gets in the way, you know, it eventually hurt me uh, my senior year because my mouth, you know, got me in trouble my senior year and got me benched, you know, and before then I was a second round. I was projected to go in the second round, you know what I'm saying? Wow. Uh, out of the pack 10 and the second, second uh, game of the season, I mouthed off to the press, you know what I'm saying? Cause I was mad that we were losing and, you know, um, wind up getting myself benched, you know what I'm saying? And not 
playing my starting position and then I had to play special teams. So my stock throughout that season just dropped and I wind up having to go free agent, you know what I'm saying? Uh, after I graduated, but I did, I was able to, you know, to graduate and get my degree. Um, and then I, you know, went free agent, you know, in with the Niners to training camp, you know, after I was done, which was cool. You what, know what, what I'm saying? What was it like playing at Berkeley? Bro, Berkeley was, you know, That's man, a whole different level. Yeah. Right? Just like, I'll be honest with you. Um, Coming from Southern California and going up to the Bay, you know what I'm saying? It's different. It's and you guys, different. just being in the culture of, of what we do, you understand that LA and the Bay is just different, right? So uh, when I first got there, I was kind of mad. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to lie. Like, I was like, damn, it's, it's slower up here. This is it, yeah. Everybody say hella and blood. And I'm like, you blood, that's, you get shot, you know what I'm saying, where yeah. I'm from for saying that. So I kind of had to adjust to, the the culture as far as not being on campus right because there's mm-hmm. there's a campus culture at berkeley and then there's a, a east oakland right culture and a san francisco culture and just a bay area culture so playing there uh when i first got there it i, I didn't really like my first semester because i'm like you know nobody dresses here everybody's a lot more relaxed at berkeley man it's cow it's it's a liberal school yeah there are other issues. Nobody cares what car you drive or, or what clothes you wearing at Berkeley. You know, they yeah. care about world issues. They care about real things. Um, but after I kind of got acclimated to that, right, my I'm at this institute of higher learning. My brain opens. You know, I'm sitting in class with all of these interesting individuals from all over the planet. You know what I'm saying? And I'm learning how they think, you know, because you inner city kid from South Central and growing up in a little suburb, you think everybody thinks like you or yeah. one way. And I figure out that that's not the case. So um, I, I, I I took a very, very good liking to the Bay. You know, after my first semester, I wind up falling in love with the Bay Area. Uh, football was great. You know, playing in the Pac-10. I'm playing against my homies at USC, UCLA. I'm I'm playing, you know, playing these colleges I grew up idolizing as a little kid. So that experience was 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 dope. It was dope, bro. I yeah, enjoyed yeah, it a lot. Wow. So I enjoyed it a lot. Of. Absolutely. Yeah, and I was the first kid in my family to even go to college. But that was a big up. deal, you know, not not only the first kid, but then you go to Berkeley, you graduate, yeah. and you play sports. You know, I was family's pride. Absolutely. What you what you major in? I majored in sociology and I minored in business. Damn. Right. So I'm a the business acumen definitely comes in with this. Yeah. But I'm I'm such a, a conspiracy theorist, bro, because of the sociology, you know, part <laughs> yeah. of the major. Right. So I'm learning about Sigmund Freud and the Oedipus complex and communism and how people think and human act brain activity and why we do certain things. And that shit, man, just, you know, it was so dope. You know, it would be it's very interesting. It, it was so interesting, bro, because no one no, my parents weren't educated enough to teach me about none of that. I don't you know think many saying? of us, our yeah, parents bro, were. Like, the funny thing is, I never knew that. Yeah. I yeah. never knew that that was your major and that explains why you are the way that you are. <laughs> See, I, I told you, you, just had to I told you right now. Bro. I told you people yeah. learn about each other. Like, yeah. Yeah. Podcast, mind blown, bro. Yeah. Like, no 100%. wonder. It's but funny I'm, to let people know Pat Gods brings up. He said, people come to us and say, man, we learn more about our business partners on this show than we knew just from being in business with yeah, them. And that's, that's just so funny, funny to let them yeah, in bro. on the joke. It's crazy, yeah. man. Like, it, it, I had a really good time, bro. It taught me a lot, for real. Is weed in place through this or no? Is there is there? Camp? Nah. You know what? Like, for those next uh, three years, bro, mm-hmm. it, it was pretty much non-existent. I mean, mm-hmm. that I did a couple of deals, you know what I'm saying, with some homies that were in the NFL, you know, and they would come to Oakland to play the Raiders. 
<laughs> and you know they yeah, had their team up. planes, yeah. and they would hit me. Yo, yo we come in like yo, All the NFL line me up. You know, what I'm smoking for the longest, bro. You know, line me up. You know, a couple units. You know, I'm gonna have such and such oh, bring yeah, you the bread. Yeah. So you know, I, I did a couple yeah. of those. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, like I really didn't touch it. You know, I was mm -hmm. kind of on this this one track mind to get to the NFL and make millions of dollars and Absolutely. take care of my family. You know, I was like, yo, I'm, I'm focused right here. And mm -hmm. at that time. You know, I had met um, my big brother, RIP, you know, Daryl Russell, who uh, was a first round draft pick of the Raiders, like back in like 97. You know what I'm saying? So he and I became very close and he was playing right there uh, in Oakland and I'm right there at Berkeley, bro. So I kind of lived like I was in the league already. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he and I got very, very tight and he would give me the keys to his Ferrari to his bins, wow. like wow. I, I met, you know, E40, I met B Legit, I met Short, Gary Payton, I met all of these dudes, bro, back when I was, you know, playing at Berkeley because I was Daryl's little brother who played at Cal and he was first round pick of the Raiders. Yep. He was an all pro, you know what I'm saying, for how many every year? So Terrell Owens, everybody, bro, like Andre Rising, literally everybody, all we all, I knew all of them. Those were like my big bros. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So that That's experience. crazy group of. of that experience, bro, misfits, dog. Yeah. Complete misfits. Like, yeah. I couldn't have been around a worse group of guys <laughs> <laughs> in college, bro. Like, just watching all their movements. I mean, that also had a lot to do with, you know, me getting benched, you know, my senior year at Cal because I'm running around, bro. I'm showing up to practice in Ferraris, bro, late. Yeah. Because I just was at E40 House with Daryl. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, whatever. Daryl's like, you're going to be fine. Don't worry. You, when you get to the league, don't worry about it. Like, you know, Lee Steinberg is going to rep you. I had met Lee way before, my, you know, my senior year was over. And he's a big time agent at the time, repping everybody. Don't worry, bro. Even if you don't play, I got like $30 million, bro. You'll just run my businesses. We good. Wow. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Whatever, bro. Like, I'm, I'm on. Mm -hmm. It don't matter. Yeah. yeah. All that shit did, did not happen. <laughs> All of that didn't happen, bro. I came out and... um. I went free agent, you know what I'm saying? Daryl wind up getting suspended, you know what I'm saying, for for the substance abuse policy from Blowing Tree. You know what I'm saying? So horrible policy, by the way. Horrible. The worst policy, which, you know, we'll They'd talk rather about dope that. up football players bro, than let them smoke weed. Absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, keep going. 100 percent bro. But uh he might not they, they are they still doing it? Nah, it's 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 starting to change. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We're starting to see some change right yeah. now. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was I mean it's probably like seventy five percent of the league smoking weed. Bro, probably yeah. more. Maybe dog. more, right? <laughs> more, How could you deal with all of that pain otherwise and shit? Like unless you're gonna get doped up some opiates and Vicodin yeah. and painkillers. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like so he, you know, once he got out, once he uh got suspended, I came out. I got released, you know what I'm saying, from Frisco. Now I'm about to journey over. Um, they send me over to Europe. So I go play in NFL Europe for a year in Berlin, Germany. Uh, play for the Berlin Thunder. What I come was that back. like? That was fire, wow. bro. Bro, tell that me about fire, Germany. Yeah. You know, Germany, was... Germany's smoking. Bro. Germany's watching <laughs> this right now. Yo, shout listen, out to Germany. Puffing, heavy. Listen, man, when I went, so you got to think, when I went over there, I still wasn't, I still hadn't tapped back in, you know what I'm saying, to yeah, my cannabis. I mean, yeah. I'm you want to be on that. Shit, yeah, right? you want to be yeah. on that. So, but Not I'm, of these times. But I'm over there, bro, and it's, you know, you learn a lot, man, from being in, in, Ber in Berlin, Germany. I didn't realize, bro, that that's where Hitler that's where Hitler was, bro. Running the whole and you just learn all about soci sociology, bro. I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I learn all this shit, and then I get over there, and they like, you know, they taking the team around to to historical landmarks. You know what I'm saying? Really? In, in in Germany, and I'm like, we get to this place, and they like, yeah, this is Auschwitz, 
And I'm like, what's that? And they're like, oh, you don't know? Oh, here, let me educate you. So I learned all about Auschwitz, bro. And I'm like, wait a minute. Now, I've heard about this Hitler dude, you know, wiping out a whole, trying to wipe out a genocide, you know what I'm saying? Trying to wipe out all, all the Jews, but it happened right here. They're like, yeah, bro, the stadium you guys play football in is where he would hold his meetings. Get the fuck out of here. Wow. I swear to God, bro. That's intense. That's That's so it was like, shit. it was just some, it was, it was fucking overwhelming, bro. Like they, they took us down. When we went down to that concentration camp and they brought us into where the, they had, they were, had these people living, bro, in these bunk beds made out of wood that looked like uh, a 12 year old sleeps in, right? And like they cramming 400 people into these little dorms with these little bunk beds with one sink, you know what I'm saying? One shower. You know, they took us down into the the gun the gun pit, bro, the where they would shoot them. Sites. Yeah, bro. Like I'm wow, literally wow. standing in it's the gun like pits, haunted, bro. Man. It's just it just it was just eerie. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like here's the, be crazy. here's the here's the area where they had them walking miles and miles in these boots to figure out if the boots, how long the boots will hold up. You know, and they're making shoes and we need to know how many how long these boots hold up. So just keep walking. You walk to the boots, get a hole in them. Or, bro, it was nuts, bro. It was nuts. It so, was a great. So they're like, let's go play some football. Yeah, <laughs> not after that, that, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, all right, now, most of the ball players from other places too. Yeah. So, so you guys had that in common. Yeah, at least. absolutely. We were yeah. so on each team over there. You know, you had um, eleven out of the. I think my team was of like probably fifty-five guys. Eleven of them were um, from from Germany or from wherever you were in NFL Europe. And those guys were able to, you had, each team had to carry a certain amount of guys from their country, you know what I'm saying, on each team. So you would learn a lot, you know, about the culture from them, you know what I'm saying? But mainly it was a bunch of collegiate guys that they would recruit that, you know, in NFL Europe is like the minor leagues in baseball. Mm -hmm. It's a developmental league. So each guy over there was represented by an NFL team. And we recognized, you know, what team you're on because you had the Raider patch or you had the, the Vikings patch on your jersey. So that let everybody know I'm from their organization. They sent me here to develop. And then you go back, you know what I'm saying? And you go back to the NFL. That's dope. But um, it's not, a, they don't do it anymore. I think the league ended, you know, probably about five or six years ago, but it was a good experience. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But I never tapped into the tree during that time. It was more just about the football and the culture of, of, of being in Germany. It wasn't until when I got back and I didn't go back. Uh, I was supposed to go play with like the Chiefs or the, or the, uh, uh, the Ravens. And I was waiting for a roster spot to open, you know, um, to go to, to go onto the team. And then Canada called me. And so when Canada called me, the British Columbia, the BC Lions called me in British uh, Columbia, Vancouver. And I was like, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? I'm tired of waiting. I'm out. So I jumped the plane, signed a two-year deal over there. And that's when it happened. That's when I got really heavy, you know what I'm saying? Into the tree, into growing. I start. This is where the story really gets good. This is where this shit begins. Yeah. So you're the reason BC is here? <laughs> I'm, the reason, I'm the reason BC, bud, was a thing, exactly. bro. <laughs> Holy shit. shit. Uh, I, I had a, He's the reason uh, Cousin Earl and Rolling Heights had I a know. BC, bud. Bro. He definitely did, though. <laughs> okay. I'm connecting the dots here. So you, you get into Canada. Yeah, bro. So I, I, I get into Canada. I signed a, I signed a two-year deal in, uh, in British Columbia. And this is when, you know, I really get bit, you know, by, by the cultivation bug, right? Because if you remember when we said earlier, right, I'd never seen, you know, weed from seed to harvest. I had only gotten it from Cousin Earl, <laughs> right? So now, you know, my boy, shout out to my, uh, shout out to my dog, you know, Ron Akami. He has a brand called um, 
Kingston Royal up in the Bay. Um, so I get to, I get to Canada with with him and he's already on the team and they actually bring me in to to take his position. Right. They I actually got hired in to replace him. And he's you know, he's from Philly, but, you know, uh, born in Philly, raised in the Bay. And so um, me and Ron meet, you know, and it's kind of awkward at first because I'm here to take your job, bro. So, you know, what I'm saying. But Ron was like hella cool to me. You know, what I'm saying he's like, listen, man, like I get it. You know, what I'm saying like, let me just help you as much as I can. And, you know, and we just started developing like a friendship. Then we figure out we have a lot of the same things in common, which is, which is tree. You know what I'm saying? And we got, we both got people back where we live that get down. So boom, his girl at the time, um, her brother had a grow in Canada. He's a Canadian dude. And so Ron started telling me, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo man, you know, my girl's brother got a grow. You should come check it out. I'm like, oh, for real? Like, yeah, let me see it. So we go to his grow, bro, and we just start going and he just starts teaching us, you know, everything there is to know, you know, about growing. Now, mind you, at this time, he growing BC, you know what I'm saying? He growing a juicy fruit back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm learning, I'm picking up the grow shit, but I'm more intrigued by the numbers, how much it's costing, right? Now, mind you, cousin Earl's back in the city, he back in LA, you know what I'm saying? All my people is back in LA. So at this time- Juicy fruit back then, BC was going for like 3,500, four grand, right? I'm over in Canada and I, he's telling me I could pick these up for 800. Oh, <laughs> so, I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like, wait, wait, huh? Like what? And, Ron, and so Ron is like, yeah, fool. Like we just got to figure out a way, you know, to get it across the border. Now, mind you, it's been over 10 years, statute of limitations. I'm clean. So we can tell this real story, right? So I'm going to give you all the shit. I'm not going to tell you exactly how he was doing it only for one reason, because I don't know if guys over in Canada is still doing that to get over here. Right. So I want to be respectful to my trap, to my trap guys. You know what I'm saying? Because I believe they're important to our culture. You know what I'm saying? Because that's where we all come from. So I don't want to give too much. But what I will say is this. Don't ever give them too much. Yeah, I can never (laughs) give them too much. But what I will say is that, you know, we figured out a way to start, you know, hopping the border, you know, over at, um, in Bellingham, you know what I'm saying? Cause that's the only border you where's, can get where's to. That? Bellingham is right on top of Washington. Got it. Right. Mm. So it's, it's the road you take. It's the, the last city out of the United States before you hit, you know, Canada, Damn. right. Before you hit Vancouver. So, you know, we got real chummy, you know what I'm saying? With, with both sides of the border and the people that were working at that station. Smart. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we did what we had to do. And so we were just hopping, bro. So we would pack up, you know what I'm saying? You take your, we would take our little football money, do what we had to do, pack up, hit the border, drive down. You know, it's a 16 hour drive. You know what I'm saying? So we come all the way back down to the city, drop off, you know what I'm saying? And now if you imagine we doing probably at this time, we was probably doing like 20, 25 units at a time. So let's just say it's 24 even number, right? You do your 800, you get 20 packs, 16 racks. Right. Ooh. 16. I got a, I got a dub. I get it back down to LA. I'm undercutting. It's going at 35, four. I'm hitting the whole town at 33. Right. Now you do 33 times 20. And what's that math? Do you do that math? You ain't did that in your head yet. This is my numbers guys. My <laughs> yeah. calculator right here. Right. So this goes on, bro, for a minute. I'm, I'm in Canada now for like two years. You know what I'm saying? I'm playing out my contract and we just hopping, bro. Over that when time, you say hopping. What do you mean? We hop in the border mm-hmm. on foot. 
Nah, we in a car. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. We in a car, and you, and you you knew the people. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I get it, I get so it. you know what I'm saying? Oh, man, that's like some. That's like some. Yeah, Cali bro. Slang we 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 trap. We're. I'm basically trafficking. I'm not trafficking weed from state to state. I'm trafficking weed from country to country. Mm-hmm. Right. And back then, hypothetically, right? Allegedly. A- allegedly. And back then, both those. And back then, it was you know the the laws. You know, it was it was ten years per pound. Ooh. In the book, it's 10 years per pound. Yikes. Back then, right? So, boom. We, you know, this goes on for, for, for two years. And so, it got to the point to where I became known in LA, you know what I'm saying, as go. the football player with it's the packs for the low, right? I'm undercutting everybody. I'm taking everybody's customers because I'm getting it so cheap. Even if I had to go down to three, which I never did, I'm still, I'm, I'm paying eight. You know what I'm saying? I'm 2,200 yeah. up yeah. on a bad day. On my and getting worst to day. pick them, getting to pick on the other side, Bro, which ones you want. It got to be, it got to be where cats would just start leaving their bread with me, with us. You know what I'm saying? Like, here, wow. man, just here's the deposit, bro. Like, just please call me. Don't please don't let nobody outbid me. When you would go to the seller, like the, the guy who, the, the plug, right? Mm-hmm. Were you seeing all different kinds or was it mainly it one was, kind? Like, what was it? What were you seeing at the time? Honestly, back then, I was... We were looking for juicy fruit. Now we were seeing. I w- there was obviously other strains, right? Mm-hmm. They they had something called the early birds. You yep. know, what I'm saying them were coming like hella early. Then it was the juicy fruit. Then it was you know we had they had some chronic, but it wasn't nothing like what you was getting here, right? Yeah. But it was fire. It was chronic. Yeah. Now when I think back to it, knowing what we know now, it's just chronic, mm-hmm. right? It's it just straight chronic. They was growing some elevated level of Arizona back yeah. then. You know what I'm saying? That's what it was. But um. You know, so we kind of stuck to what we knew what was going to move quick. Right. And so it just got to the point in L.A. where I just became known. I just it, <laughs> I, I would hear things about myself, you know, what I'm saying from wow. folks not knowing that I'm the guy that they heard there's this football player. Some of people would tell, you know, I heard there's this football player that's da da da. And I used to be like, for real? Yeah, I think I know somebody that know him. You know what I'm saying? Like, what you trying to get? You know what I mean? And I would just play the role. You know what I mean? So. That went on, bro, until I caught, you know what I'm saying, until I caught my indictment, you know what I'm saying, in, in, in 2010. And so, you know, that's when the shit really kind of hit the fan, because once I got to a certain level, you know, selling that, I actually left, you know, so I did that for two years. I went and played another season um, over in Hamilton, and then I left. In 2006, I was out. I came back to, came back to Cali. I'm like, I'm making more money doing that than I was getting on my, on my football contract. You know what I'm saying? So I, I came back to Cali or whatever, and I kind of had my little my, my business running here. And then um, my boy Ron was still playing. Right. I had kind of at that point, I had kind of had. Some other folks, you know, there's a group out there by the name of the Hells Angels Ooh. out there in Canada. So I kind of linked up with them. You know what I'm saying? They knew I was from, you know, we were from L.A., so it, a, a whole thing kind of started to formulate, not without getting into too much detail, because I'm still, you know, annoyed out about them people. But um, I started, they, you know, we had a little business going on. And then my boy Ron kind of got into some shit, you know, saying he was coming down, you know, with a load and wind up getting into like a little mini shootout. You know what I'm saying? He was doing something with one of the other homies and one of our other teammates. Yeah, and it just it went left. 
Yeah, you know exactly. What I'm it went left. So uh, Ron came down and, you know, was, you know, kind of annoyed about the situation. And I'm like, yo, man, just go take a nap. You know, where's the work? You know, he points me in the direction of the work. I make the work disappear within 24 hours. Everything is straight. So at, at that point, we kind of decided, you know, we're going to leave this alone. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going we gonna to stop messing around, stop messing around with Canada and all of that. Plus, I had some homies uh, down in San Diego and the Reggie game. I mean, the AZ game was kind of booming at this time. So a friend of mine linked me up with a buddy of mine down in, in San Diego. We pivot. You know what I'm saying? We moved kind of away from the yeah. juicy fruit and, and the trippy. Now we're going to go. We're going to go run it up, you know, with the AZ and the, and the bells. And this is where, you know, I touch the wrong cartel. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I was working for a heavy guy that everybody knows. I didn't know I was working for him at the time. Uh, Did you know him or not? I knew of him. Everybody knows of him. Everybody knows him, him, though. But I didn't know him. I never met him. Ain't that some shit? Yeah, I never met him. I didn't even know I was working, you know, with his organization. You know what I'm saying? Because my my connect never told me for my for my own safety. You know what I'm saying? So to me, it was just I'm just you know moving shit with my guy right here. We just running it up. You know what I'm saying? All over the state, we got you know trucks. We packing them up. We shooting to you know North Carolina. We shooting to Detroit. We shooting to Philly. We running it up. Yeah. And one day, man, I'm in Miami, you know what I'm saying, with one of my best friends, and um, I get a phone call. And when I get the phone call, it's all zeros on my phone. I'm like, what the fuck? All zeros? Hello? I'm drunk. You know what I'm saying? I'm in my Miami partying. And um, I'm like, hey, how you doing, Mr. Ball? This is such and such with the uh, Drug Enforcement uh, Agency. Huh? The who? Yeah, the DEA. Of the DEA. How you doing? I'm good. What you calling me for? And so then it starts to unfold. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You know, such and such. We picked up such and such last week. You know, 14 man indictment. We need to have a conversation with you. Now, mind you, this is the first time I've ever had a conversation with police besides a traffic ticket. Never, not once, never uh, selling in junior college, never nothing jumping country borders. Trapping in LA for years, bro. Never nothing. Not not picked up for nothing. Not nothing. I get a phone call, bro, from the DEA. Yeah, uh, we want to have a conversation. So immediately I panic, right? Shit, what do I do now? Who do I call? Who do I call? Okay, let me call the family, my family attorney. Call my family attorney. He's like, don't tell them nothing. Give them my number. Set up a meeting. Okay, cool. They hit me back. Uh, I call them back. Listen, you know, I'm in Miami right now. I'll be back on Tuesday. When I get back on Tuesday, we set up a meeting at my attorney's office. Like, okay, cool. What's your attorney's name? I said, I can't. I want to give you his name. I said, but I'll give you his phone number and you can call and ask him. I said, okay, cool. I give him the phone number. They call me back the next day. Yo, Chris, you know, we really need your attorney's name. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, why? What? I'm going to tell you when I get there, you could just meet me there. You know, we need it for paperwork. We needed this. We needed that. Whatever. So I call my attorney back. Yo, they keep asking for your name. Just give it to him. It's fine. Okay, cool. So I call my give, give my attorney's name. I get back home the next day. It's Tuesday. Meeting's at nine o'clock. I pull in to the driveway where the building is, where my attorney's building is. And there's a big like uh, structure parking. So I pull in, you know, into the structure parking. I get out. My boy Kelton, who now works with Ball Family Farm, shout out to LDB from Immature. He works for us now. He's in a car with me. So I'm like, he's like, I'm going to wait in the car while you go up and, and talk to your attorney. I said, okay, cool. 
bro, I get out, I walk into the building. When I walk into the building, it's a bunch of people in the lobby, right? I'm just, okay, it's people in the lobby, whatever. I go, I hit the, hit the, uh, the button to go upstairs and I hear somebody say, uh, Chris Ball. So then I turn around. When I turn around, bro, all of them people that I thought were regular people were looking at me. Mm. All DEA agents, bro, was 16 of them. All tall, short, skinny, you know what I'm saying? Men, women, everything, bro. They all just kind of started coming towards me at the elevator. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Then Mike comes around. Hey, Chris, is Mike. And I recognize his voice talking to him on the phone, you know what I'm saying, for the past three, four days. Hey, Chris, it's Mike. Da, da, da. I'm like, yo, man, what's up? He's like, listen, man, you're under the arrest for the you know, conspiracy to distribute, yada, yada, yada. I said, I thought you said we was going to talk. He said, yeah, we are. He said, but I had to get you in custody first. But they set me up. You know what I'm saying? He set me up with asking for my attorney's name. And my attorney wasn't smart enough at the time you know, to understand what that was. You know, Had I got there prior and got into with my attorney, my attorney, what do you have? Oh, we don't, we don't have this. Well, then he, we don't have nothing to say. Go get something and then we'll have something to say. But I got in custody first. So then once they had me in custody, my, my attorney came downstairs. They went up and got him, came downstairs. He had a brief conversation with me. Listen, you're not the target. They already had him. It was out of 14 man indictment. I was number 14. They had all 13 already in custody the week before. I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, listen, you're not the target. Cooperate, but don't cooperate. This is the advice he gives me while I'm in uh, in handcuffs under duress with all of them standing kind of wow. like over there. They gave us like three or four feet, you know? Wow. All right, bro, whatever the hell that means. And so he, he uh, DEA agent comes back up, says, okay, you want to make my life uh, difficult or hard? I said, what you mean? He said, you can make my life difficult by having me book you in LA, go back down to San Diego because the case was based out of San Diego. Go back down to San Diego, get your transfer papers, drive back to L.A. and then transfer you down to San Diego. Or you can make my life easy and just sign this paper right now saying that I have permission to take you down to San Diego and we just get it done. You know, what I'm saying right now. So I want to make your life hard, bro. I want to make this easy as possible. Now, when I said that, he said, OK, good. I had two phones in my pocket and my phone in my trap. The eight, one of the agents who arrested me took the phones out of my pocket. Mm. Boss. What about his phones? He goes, give his phones to his attorney. I don't want to create no problems for him. He's cooperating. Give his phones to his attorney. Damn. So now, now mind you, bro, this is a mind fuck, yeah. right? He gave the phones because I'm not the target, right? I'm 14 out of 14. I'm really a pawn. I don't know that at the time, but they know this. Yeah. I don't need his phones. He can't give me nothing that I don't have already because I got, got the, the other fish. third. I got the big guy in custody already. But to me, I'm like, oh, he's cool. He don't, he don't want to hurt me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So now we get in the car. Oh, they put me in the front seat, bro, of a minivan. These motherfuckers is wearing like golf shirts. It's golf clubs and shit. There's a baby seat in the back of this van. Like straight undercover, bro. Like some shit straight out of a movie. Just what you see, this is how these fools, most motherfuckers roll, right? So I get in the front. His buddy gets in the back. He driving. Buddy gets out of a, 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 a pad of paper. Bro, for two hours, bro, down to San Diego, it's just Badger. Badger, Badger, Badger. 14,000 pages of phone taps, bro. I was on 11 out of 14,000. I had only been doing, I had only got caught up with this dude on the phone 11 times, right? But for two hours, bro, they just, they just badgered the shit out of me. What about this time? What about that time? 
And when the feds come, they come correct, bro. Like they knew everything. Bro, remember the time you took those 30 pounds from North Hollywood down to San Diego in your cream color Cadillac STS with the Whittier plates? We were with you the whole time. Remember when you, you went to the mobile gas station, you went in, you bought your bag of flaming Hot Cheetos and an orange soda. We was with you the whole time. My partner walked right out behind you. He bought a water. Mm. Don't, try to, don't, don't, don't try to bullshit us. We know. So you're just sitting in there, bro. And at the time, you can imagine, bro, I'd never been in trouble in my life. So I'm thinking, I'm asking him, so what am I looking at? Is a 10-year mandatory minimum on this case. Wait, what? A who? A 10-year mandatory what? 10 years? Bro, we just sell weed. What you talking about? Yeah, bro, but you got the traffic in the weed all over the country. It's a 10-year mandatory minimum. I'm sitting in that car, bro. It was the worst two hours of my entire fucking life. Right. And I'm trying not, I'm trying to follow every street code known to man. Don't speak. Say you want your lawyer, but I just talked to my lawyer and he told me to cooperate, but don't cooperate. But okay, he said this, but then he didn't know that. But he's asking me about that. Bro, it was like, I was just like, oh my God, bro. So you can imagine when I got back, when I got down to San Diego, I had just admitted everything that I did. Mm. I just gave it to him. Mm -hmm. I did that. But they would ask me certain questions that I'm like, okay, if you knew this, you wouldn't ask me this. And so after the first 15, 20 minutes of you being so afraid, you know, you start to calm, right? You start to, you start to hear holes in the questions and you start to realize these guys are normal guys, right? They don't know every fucking thing, right? It, you, you start to settle with them. So I, as by the time I got down there, I was just like, you know what, man, like, there's certain shit that I know I'm just not supposed to say and that ain't never coming out. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Well, you just said this. I know, but I don't know that part. I, I, I don't, what you want me to do? I don't know. And so by the time it was over, I had just admitted I took responsibility for like 400 pounds. You know what I'm saying? And because it was my first offense and drug program and all of that other shit, they were, I wound up signing a deal for like three years, you know what I'm saying? For 30 months. And I was pretty much done with it. You know what I'm saying? At that point. Damn. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Y'all quiet as fuck. So I have a because I got like a thousand questions. I'm so sure this dude does was, too. Was the guy was the, the guys on the other people on that list? Were they into some other shit too? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, Absolutely. You know. Second question, just a random. Would you have re-signed that paper? Because when you said that, I was like, I'll make this guy's day hard. That's who I am, though. I probably would have. When I think, you know what? I'm a weirdo like that, though. You know what, bro? When I when I think back to it. I don't think that's the route. I, don't, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't no, have. No, but I'm that guy. That's yeah. why I don't know why I do that. But I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah, make yeah. it hard. Make it hard for you, bro. Yeah, like, like, I start to back. go into mo. I just, just. You know what, bro? When I think back to it now, I wouldn't have made it hard. I would have, I would have done the same things that I mm -hmm. did, but I just wouldn't have spoke. Got you. I just, I would have been like, I'm going to make your life easy. And once they put me in the car, I would have told, I would have, I would have not taken the advice of my, my family attorney, because to be quite honest, my family attorney was a defense attorney, but I don't think now that I look back in hindsight, he didn't have very experience. much experience mm -hmm. with that type of no law enforcement, case. no federal shit like federal that, you know? Attorney. So I just would have kept quiet. Yeah. I would, I would, I would have stuck to the cardinal rule, right? Rule number one, you don't say shit. And definitely don't tell them where your attorney is. That's lesson learned for everyone. Lesson for everyone. Oh, yeah. Never tell them where your attorney is. No yep. names, nothing. Let your attorney work that out with them. Don't give them nothing. Yep. I mean, had I, had, I, had I did that, bro, I would have been straight. You know, my attorney mm -hmm. was like, you realize you got charged with what you admitted in the car. Oh. 
They had nothing. <clears throat> they were they 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 were reaching, you know, because they couldn't find. They were looking for money. They were looking for guns and mm -hmm. all this stuff, and they couldn't find it. So they're like, "Fuck it, let's go grab Chris. It's the only one we don't have of this group, and let's see if he breaks. Let's yeah. see if he gives us something." They're good you know at saying? it. They're 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 really good at it, bro. Yeah. It happens so, to the best of people in this industry. I've heard some crazy stories from leaders that are like, yeah, I don't know. I let them in. You're like, wait, it, what? Yep. And and we know, you know that it's not what you should, but it's just, they're, they know so how fast, to, bro. Yeah, bro. It happens fast. And, it's, and, 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 and unless you've had experience with it, like now, if, you mm -hmm. know, if I were to ever get caught up with anything, which I won't, because I don't participate in any of that illegal stuff anymore. Uh, thanks to Ball Family Farms. Uh, but um, yeah. if it's something like that were to happen, you know, it's like what they say, bro. You go into prison and you go into these experience with a with a diploma, you know, and you come out with a master's degree. So I was just going to say, we got to get into that now. <laughs> yeah. You can't fast forward through oh, this yeah. because this shit's getting good, man. What's it like in federal prison? You know what, man? It what It's not as bad as everybody may think. So, some people call it like camp. Were you it at is. a camp? No, nah, I wasn't at a level? camp. I was at MCC down in San Diego, right there at the border. So is that, so what, what level of security is that? Uh, I want to say that's probably like a level three. Like you know a, what I'm saying? Like it's a medium not, level? It's, yes, security. medium. You but know it's not saying? a camp. It's not camp. Because like a camp, you can walk off. Yeah, like Lompoc, Long Beach, those are those are camps. Yep. You know what You're I'm saying? Right like by the border, I'm too. right by the border, bro. That's so hard. right there, you got, you got all the Southside Mexicans. You got the Paisas. You know what I'm saying? You got the cartel. Yep. Everybody's in there. Bro, I, when I first got there, I had to sit um, in um, in solitaire, you know, in uh, in transition for three days mm. because by myself, because they didn't have room to get me onto the floor where the other uh, six black guys were in the entire prison. Yeah, bro. Yes. Dead ass? Dead ass. I sat by myself uh, in processing for three days because they had to move a guy off of that floor to get me on into the bunks where the black guys were. I was like, because if we put you anywhere else, it's a wrap. Like, you're going to fight. You Who knows how long you're lasting oh, here. And you, you start thinking saying? we're outnumbered no matter what now. Oh, man. You know that right yeah, off the rip. Like, six you know of us? You at. Yeah, you know yeah. where you at. When you in there, you know where you at. What's it? Uh, what's it? What's it? So you're, you're in, like, San Diego. So, media. yeah. So I'm in San Diego. And so um, once I get there, you know what I'm saying? And I'm kind of, you know, taking everything in, you know, I sit in, I sit in uh processing for them three days and I'm just like, damn, you know, your whole life kind of flashes where your eyes like, damn, bro, you went should've from, done this, should've done that. damn, you went from collegiate athlete to pro football to this, to, you know, you, the, you, the dude out in LA to now you're in federal prison and it's all over, bro. You, your life is turned to shit. You know what I'm saying? So you go in there and after those couple of days, you know, once you cry, you know, a few times, you know, I'll admit, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like you kind of just, okay, now it's another chapter. Now I got to survive in here. You know what I'm saying? So once I transition onto the floor with the other fellas, you know, obviously that was a little bit easier, you know what I'm saying? Cause now I got human contact. I'm talking to other cats. As soon as I get there, because the case was so high profile, um, they knew me, they knew who I was, you know what I'm saying? So once you, once I, you know, came over there, they like, oh, so you're him. You're the football player, right? Just so happens one of the guys on my case, uh, his name was Dub. Dub was, they moved Dub off the floor to put me on the floor. Dub was oh, Mexican, wow. right? So he was a part of our organization. Mm -hmm. So they telling me, yeah, Dub was, they moved Dub off to put you here. You know what I'm saying? Because they can't put us together. Cause now we can coerce, we can talk about what, what they tell you, what they tell me. They don't want that. Right. Cause the case is still ongoing. So, um, so then they just start telling me, man, they're like, man, it's a good thing you showed up in here. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm like, why? They said, because for a while, they all thought that you was a snitch. You was the rat. Because mm. they all in here and you're the only person that's not. Because so you I'm got like, picked Damn. up late. Because I got picked yeah. up late. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And I wasn't a part because they run in the organization. They didn't, been, they was on them for uh, two years. They have been, that's how they got 14,000 pages of taps. They was following them for two years. I had only come into the picture with them like six months. You know what I'm saying? I saw out of, you know, it's 18 months. They on them. You get me, you know, the last six months. That's why I'm only on 11. And by then wow. the target, my boy, Paul, he was very, because I was the only black guy in the whole organization. And because he was dealing with the cartel at that time, I was very kind of put off to the side. You know what I'm saying? They were just kind of using me to get to my Jamaicans and to get to my, my market, you know what I'm saying? To move, to move the, the bells. Mm -hmm. Right. So even though he and I got close, you know what I'm saying? Like there were certain things that I just wasn't privy to, you know what I mean? So that's why I was late. And the feds knew that because they listened, you know what I'm saying? They, they, when they drove me down in that two hours, they was like, they would read me scripts from, you know, from our conversations. Remember this conversation? The dude in the back, da, 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 blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I remember that conversation. And then they'd be like, well, here's what they said after you hung up. And then it would be, you know, the mayates and the, the negrito and da, 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 da. And then, you know, they talking they shit, but mm -hmm. not like in a negative way, you know what I'm saying? Because I grew up around Mexicans. This is just how they talk, you know what I'm saying? But the feds will try to make you feel like they don't give a fuck about you, bro. You're, you're, you're the, just a random black guy in the crew, you know? So when I got in, they told me like, man, it's a good thing you showed up because it was running around that the black dude on the case is the one talking. You yeah, know they want to play everybody. Everybody got to get played against each other. So then once that happened, you know what I'm saying? And I got in, you know, you see, you know, cats on the case and now we're all fighting, you know what I'm saying? From inside, you know what I'm saying? So that's when I, you know, had my conversations and, you know, told them what I did. And, you know what I'm saying? I kind of told them, you know, on the way up there, but then, you know, your lawyer comes, talks to you. Okay. They know this. You're at this point. You're at that point. The deal comes. I'm like, yo, I'm out. And I'll, I'll, you know, I ain't about to sit up here and try to fight this thing. Like I'm out. I'm not going to give them this information, but I'll admit, you know what I'm saying? What I did. Yes. I was responsible for that run over in AZ. I'm responsible for a bunch of stuff <laughs> and I'll take that. And so that's what I did, bro. But federal prison, it ain't County. You know what I'm saying? You're in there. When you're in the feds, bro, you're in the feds with people who have been successful at their crimes, mm -hmm. right? And they don't put you on the floor where the killers are. You know, I'm, I had a nonviolent cannabis conviction crime. I'm, we, it's about money. So I'm in there with dudes who are doing bank fraud, you know, check scams and, you know, selling dope. And, you know, we all drug dealers. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? The cats who are the murderers and the rapists, they on a whole different floor. You know what I'm saying? So you just go in there, man, and you kind of just share stories and, you know, you talk your shit and, you know, ain't nobody trying to take your noodles or your, your fucking juice because everybody got bread. You, you know, the feds ain't, if you ain't making a ticket, bro, the feds ain't coming. That's a state thing. You know what I'm saying? If you're not crossing a million dollar mark, they ain't gonna leave that for the cops. You know what I'm saying? If they, if they grabbing you, y'all all made some bread. So when you go to commissary, everybody, you know, you got a $300 limit at commissary. Everybody's buying, they spending their whole 300. I got, you need some lotion, man. You need some soap. Oh, I got, you need some hot sauce here. You need, you need some, uh, some batteries here. You know what I mean? It wasn't like you go down to County in LA and motherfuckers is beating you up for a, a juice box. You know what I'm saying? You got to fight for your noodles. It wasn't like that. What about weed? Could you get weed there? There was weed there. Really? There was weed there. Wow. Yeah. The, the, the Pisces, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm down there with a bunch of Pisces, bro. So Pisces is making pillows, extra blankets for you. You know, they got, they making alcohol, a lot of potatoes and shit like the Pisces, bro. 
They they run they they they, they run the like prison system, bro. They really run. And they, yeah, and they do it outside too. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like the Pisces, bro. I, I love me some Pisces, bro. They're like water, sugar, potatoes. We got need, this. Whatever you need. Two weeks, yeah, we'll have alcohol. Whatever you need, bro. <laughs> yeah. So motherfuckers wow. are smoking, drinking. You know, you have seasonings. You know, for your food, you have extra pillows if you could afford to buy them. You, you know what I'm saying? All of that. Counting down the days or what? Counting down, bro. Yeah. I was in there. I signed for three years. Um, I only actually did like an actual month and some change. You know what I'm saying? Before I got, my brother came, they bailed me out. Thank God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So then I was able to fucking, you know, do my little fighting from outside. You know what I'm saying? Buy my time. Um, but uh, it was the worst, you know, 40 some days, you know, on my life. I felt like I was there for, 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 for three years. You know what I'm saying? Prison is no place for a human. It's, yeah. it's not humane. It's not humane, bro. It was 50 of us in one floor with one shower. You know what I'm saying? We had to put our names on a list to take a shower. You had to share TV time. You know what I'm saying? Like it's there was issues that happened within that month that you're not responsible for. But because you're black, you got to side, you know, with the blacks. And I got to sleep with my back against the wall because, you know, you know, somebody can come and just, you know, throw something in your back or whatever. So the anxiety, bro, the weather is cold as shit in prison. They keep it like 50 degrees to kill the germs. You're sleeping on metal fucking bunk beds with paper thin sheets. Thank God for the Pisces because they in there knitting blankets for you to buy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. bro, it's, it's a whole crazy. different universe, bro. Yeah. It's a whole different universe. No rules that apply here apply in there. Different rules, different, different universe. That's why when people get out, they have such a hard time acclimating and you and you see such a hard transition. And then people want to give them even a harder time about not hiring them. So it's even harder. And yeah, bro. So you institutionalized. You, they feel more comfortable there because they know how to survive there. Yeah, you know, it's, fucking it's easier. So so you ended up bonding out. What happened after that? So after I bonded out, man, it was time to to rehabilitate. Right. So now, you know, the case has come down. I, I signed for my, my little time. I bond out. Uh, my lawyer, you know, shout out to my lawyer, um, Casey Donovan, you know, down in San Diego, worked out a, a, a killer ass deal for me that was like, since the case was so big and ongoing, and since I had already, you know, signed for my time, Chris doesn't have to report for sentencing until the case is over. Right. So he was able and thank God I had the only black judge on the case, you know, uh, uh, Judge Houston. Um, so he's like, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? And because I had no prior offenses, like I wasn't a, a second second offender, anything was my first offense. So I qualified for all these programs. So the judge granted me that. So my lawyer said, listen, this is all a strategy, right? Hopefully these guys fight this case for a couple years, right? And he said, and plus I want to see what the number one on the case gets. Yes, you guys are looking at a 10 year mandatory minimum, but he's going to fight because he's got money to fight. So he's like, in the meantime, I'm going to need you to go get a job. Don't get in an ounce of trouble. Don't touch a gram of weed. Don't do nothing. Go get your ass a job and stay there. I said, okay, bet. I left, bro. Came back to LA and I wind up going to get a job at Abercrombie and Fitch, bro. In Thousand Oaks. In Hell Thousand yeah. Oaks Mall. <laughs> Hell, <laughs> go, yeah. Right? Hell yeah. So I'm out, bro. I got a college degree. I'm an ex drug kingpin in LA. I got celebrity homies all through the city. Everybody know me. Looking like a model. You know what I'm saying? Hell and yeah. now I come out, bro, <laughs> and I'm like, damn. So I instead of going to the Beverly Center or somewhere around here, I'm like, fuck that. I'm going it far away from people. Nobody knows me and nobody can see me working in this damn mall. So I get a job at Abercrombie and Thousand Oaks, bro. 
32 years old, I'm folding t-shirts and putting on side stickers with fucking 18 year olds, dog, whatever. I do that for two years, pay my taxes, bro. I don't touch no weed. I don't touch nothing. I'm like, nope. They still fighting the case. I didn't get headhunted to go work at Nike. Right. So I had some still had some connects from when I was playing ball. You know what I'm saying? Um, got a connection with Nike that uh, this is in 2012. Uh, the NFL is going back to Nike from Reebok. Right. So Nike is very good what they like to hire true to sport. Right. So here I am, the ex pro athlete. Right. I'm still fighting the case. So my conviction is not showing up on my record because we're still in process. Right. So I, you know, talk to one of my, my connects. They headhunt me. I wind up getting the job. Right. So Nike moves me to Vegas. Right. I move into Panorama Towers, bro, in Las Vegas, right off the strip. I know and where I'm, that's at. <laughs> that's funny as fuck. Bro, that's a whole best case scenario. This, right yeah, here. bro. Yeah, this, you're like just real. flipped upside yeah, down. Bro, real that's quick, a whole huh? nother Got episode. all the dancers. Bro, everybody yeah, bro, there, man. The, all the, the dancers, drug dealers, the prostitutes, the drug there. dealers. Everybody lives in Panorama Towers, yeah. bro. And if you got someone on your side now, if you do this job right, you got people around you that are like, that ain't, the he ain't twist. the same guy. Right. He's That's not the same guy we're talking about here. Exactly, bro. So go Going into it, you know, there was all this upside, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, yo, I've been at Abercrombie. I've, I've paid two years of taxes. I'm on paper. I ain't got in no trouble. Now I'm working for one of the most prestigious companies on the planet, which is Nike. I'm an ex-football <coughs> player. I mm -hmm. love this shit. I'm going to work every day, bro, in tennis shoes and shorts, you know what I'm saying? And just talking about football in Las Vegas, the city that don't sleep, you know what I'm saying? So I do that, bro, for two years, man. And, and the strangest thing happened, bro. This is when I knew I was supposed to come back um, to cannabis and there was something here because you would think, bro, with all of those things that we just said that I was going to be the happiest guy going to work every single day. I got a second chance at life. I almost lost all my freedom. I'm getting discounts on shoes at Nike. I'm, I'm hooking up, you know, all the, the club promoters in Las Vegas with my employee discount. I'm I'm, I'm turning into the guy in Las Vegas, but I just couldn't be happy, bro, in corporate America, in a corporate setting, right? No matter how great Nike was, no matter how many Jordan drops I got, no matter how many discounts I got, I just wasn't happy, bro. I, I saw how corporate America was structured and being an ex-athlete and street guy, it didn't make sense to me. It it the way people would step on each other in corporate America mm -hmm. and talk shit and not want you to help the next person because of personal gain. It was just, it was ugly to me. You know what I'm saying? And I saw a lot being in that back office as a manager. I saw and I heard a lot, you know what I'm saying? And so I was like, you know what, man, this shit is not for me, bro. So lo and behold, bro, my, my second year after my second year, dog, I just said, fuck it. And I quit. I was like, I can't, I can't take it anymore. Quit. And right around this time, bro, this is in 2000 and this is in 2014, 2014, 2015, right around this time, LA, all the, the pre ICOs was bubbling, mm. right? The prop D's were up. And so I had a bunch of homies who I trapped with back in the day. I had prop D's and they like, listen, you know, go get you a, a, a care caretaker's license to grow, yada, 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 bro. And just bring the weed in into the shops and we'll, and we'll buy them. Right. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. I got this knowledge that I got from Canada. I ain't never used it. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never used the cultivation knowledge, but it's here. Mm -hmm. Right. That entrepreneurship that I could take care of myself all the way. When you go back, 
to when I'm with cousin Earl at junior college before I get my degree to Berkeley is here. So I just gear up, bro. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, man. I'm out. I'm out and I'm going to go take my chances and I'm going to go get me a grow. I had saved up all my bread. I'm going to go get me a grow and I'm going to do this. Now, before I did that, I should, I skipped a part. Right when I, after year two at Nike, the case ends. The number one on my case, the target, it's five years. Five, right? So I'm like, hell yes, right? You yeah. look crazy as hell given number 14, three years, right? My lawyer's like, this is a win. You've done everything you're supposed to do. I turned in a thousand hours of community service. I had logged a thousand hours of community Ooh. service. I had paid my taxes four years in a row, hadn't gotten an ounce of trouble, bro. So when we go back to sentencing, I walk in, my lawyer pleads my case. I'm looking at Judge Houston, bro, right in the face. Only black judge in the building. Man looks at me and says, Mr. Ball, I have never, ever seen any person or any, um, I forget what he called me. He called me some, some term. He's like, I never seen someone turn in this many, uh, this amount of community service hours, you know what I'm saying? Before a sentencing, he said, and the fact that you work for two of the most prestigious companies, you know, on the planet, you have all these character letters. He said, I'm going to give you time, sir. I wow. believe you're rehabilitated. Right. He looks right over at the DEA, bro. Same guy that fucking arrested me four years ago. He says, Mr. Mr. Gakin, I do not want any governmental agencies bothering this man. If any of you agencies bother this man, we're going to have a problem. Let him leave him be. At that time, Mike, they weren't even really trying to get the rest of the years for me because I had done so well. So when I walked out and he gave me time, service, Mike shook my hand and said, good luck to you, man. Go make something of yourself. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was cool, bro. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I left. I'm, I've come out, kissed the ground. God's I'm, looking I'm happy you, and shit. I'm like, bro, you got a second chance. My yep. mom, everybody's happy, crying and shit. Bro, a month later, bro, a month later, I quit my job. I called my mom and my brother. My brother, Chuck, is now the CFO of Ball Family Farms, bro. He's the one that put up his condo to bail me out. Wow. I call my brother and my mom back and I tell him, I'm quitting. And I'm coming back to cannabis. You can imagine. <laughs> you <laughs> they can, were happy about bro, that. A lot of times. Or not. I was the dumbest fucking guy in the family. How? Are you kidding? You just went you through You just that. went yeah. through this. You just got off. You've been working. You work for Nike. Yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, you guys, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm unhappy. But I have a plan. I have a plan. I'm going to come back. I'm going to grow. And I'm going to sell to Prop D compliant shops. And they just, they, bro, I don't like, like my, <coughs> one of my best friends, bro, they didn't talk to me for like two months. Everyone was just so disappointed. So disappointed. I came back, bro. I bought a 14 light grow in uh, Van Nuys, California. It was a 5,000 square footer. The guy who had it owed me money from the past. Pulled up on him. He was like, man, just, you know, buy me a plane ticket back to, <coughs> where was, where was this? Dude? Chile. Buy me a plane ticket back to Chile. You can have to grow. I just want to go home. You can have it and we call it even. Bought him a ticket, got him out of there, went into them 14 lights, bro, and just started, started my hand and growing, bro. This is 2014. I'm just burning up fucking plants, dog. I burn up plants the whole year. I can't, I don't even make it through a harvest for the first year, bro. But I was, I was paying my bills. I had a little bit of money stacked, you know what I'm saying? And I started dabbling again a little bit. Okay, boom. Finally, after the first year, it clicked. I got through my first harvest. I had a, my first strain was Skywalker OG, bro. That's Great the one, one that clicked. Very hard to grow too. Soon as Skywalker clicked, 
I went and hollered at my boys. This person, my uh, my boy Jeff, nameless genetics. Whoa, big yeah. Jeff, big dog. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh, my boy Armin partnered up with Alex for the cookies. Yeah. We all just started. You know, Chris, we got a home for you. We got a home for you. We got a home for you. <coughs> wow. I did that, bro, and kept the lights on and started building, just getting my skills up as a grower. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Tapping into other genetics, figuring out the difference between rock wool, cocoa, living soil, um, Eagle 20, organics, biologicals, right? You just keep going, you know, keep going. And, and over those four years, bro, that's when I really, you know, it, I fell in love with cultivation back in Canada, but then it went to another level, right? It's like you getting a a a a degree from college, and then you getting your master's in something. It just starts starts to heighten. So during the course of that four years, I just really started to hone in on okay, figuring out you know what genetics is what is important. You know what media you're using, what are you giving your plants? You know the curing process, all these things, bro. Until I was introduced. To Ball Family Farms, bro. I mean, I was introduced to the social equity program in 2018, and that's when Ball Family Farms was born. Did you know right away that was going to be, that's what, this is what we're going to call it? Yeah. I knew at the, we did call it Ball Family from the beginning. Because yeah, even when we were talking, when you were talking to your lawyer before we knew that our building was in the zone, you're like, yo, if we get this shit, send me Ball Family Farms. Bro. And I was like, but you know what? We, sounds we, perfect, bro. bro, we, bro, we, bro. We, we, we tapped, we, we went over a couple of names, right? Because at first it was going to be, Ball ma ball marijuana family because I was trying to play off of BMF, mm -hmm. right? Oh, so okay. Everybody, <laughs> okay, everybody was like, no, 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 chill, no, 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 when do you guys link up? So Wearing me and this, okay. yeah. All right, so so we got to dig in. Now we about to dig in a little bit deeper, right? We kind of, I just kind of gave you guys a broad spectrum, but now we about to dig in a little deeper for when when Dustin comes into the picture. Um, so my ex, uh, my ex girlfriend, um, when her and I started dating, this is kind of like during my, well, not kind of. This is during my street, my street years after after uh the the after quitting from nike coming back to la and i'm growing and i'm burning up plants but i'm going to prop d's so during that time it, uh her and i got together and then uh dustin was in miami and so i would go to visit her family and meet her miami friends and then that's when me and dustin meet so mm. that year what 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 year was this Nine, okay, so what we in uh twenty two right now? Two thousand fourteen. So this is during yeah. So this is during yeah. This is right after I leave Nike and come back to LA and I get my first fourteen light grow. And so uh, Dustin and I meet, and I'm I'm doing all these things, you know. And Dustin is just kind of watching from afar, you know, because he's all the way in Florida, so yeah. he knows him. Him and my ex grew up together. So he knows, oh, she's in L.A. and she's with this guy and this guy is in the game uh, somehow. Um, so Dustin, you know, from what I took from it, and I kind of let him tell his side of it. But what I from what I took about Dustin was that Dustin was, you know, uh, her one of her good friends that, that she grew up with. But he desperately wanted to be in the L.A. scene and be in the, the cannabis game. And he didn't really have that kind of access in Florida. 
So I kind of knew that was my perception of him until eventually, you know, um, when I did, when Ball Family Farms did, when I did get the social equity uh, play, because he was kind of asking me to come before then. And I, I just didn't feel right. I was like, you know what, man, like it's not really all the way legal yet. I'm still kind of teetering on, you know, this gray area with these, you know, uh, Prop D compliance shops and I'm a caregiver and all that. I don't want to be responsible for you coming here and me putting you in this game and then something happens to you. And now I'm the I'm the bad guy. Right. So yeah. it wasn't until I actually got the social equity license that that's when I told him, like, all right, bro, like, you know, if you want to come pull up and let, let's make something happen. And he did, bro. Bro packed up, sold his crib, packed up his family, dropped 200 racks on me and was like, I don't know what you're going to do with it, but I just believe in you and I believe in this. So I ain't got much, but this is what I got here. Do what you're going to do with it. And from then on, bro, we've been just fucking tight as peanut butter and jelly. That's my version. I'll let you, I'll let him tell his version. Yeah. Of it. I mean, uh, you know, so we met from his ex, uh, Frankie, who, uh, is JNF creative, who does our branding and everything now with her partner, Jess. That's the day. The, the logo. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, you know, at first we were just friends, you know, building over the years. And then I had an opportunity, uh, in Florida at the time with some people that I think you might know. We were going to start blowing up some houses. And then um, I called Chris on it and he's like, bro, don't do that. Like, that's just, you know, low <laughs> yeah. level shit. Just hold your money. Good foresight. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I have something in the works. Just like sit put. And then six, eight months later, six or eight months go by. And he's like, all right, it's time. You know, like this is what's in the works. So we got everything together. Basically, my life savings at the time was like $200,000. Sent it to Chris. <laughs> Ball no, Family Farms didn't even exist yet. No, bro. You know, we didn't have a brand. We didn't have a strain. We had nothing. I was like, you know, I believe in you and I feel like we're going to do something dope. And um, that's His wife was not happy. Yeah. By the way. You know, and, <laughs> and it, took, it was it was crazy even coming out here. Like I owned a property in Florida, two kids, wife, all that sold everything I owned, moved to L.A. and, you know, built my name out here and, and just hustled my ass off for us to just, you know, be able to survive, essentially, you know. So Dustin packed, bro, our first, our first weed that went to, to a dispensary. I Dustin, waited by hand. Dustin waited by hand, bro. Stickered every jar. First jar. And I, it was still not I was a one-man distro. I did, <laughs> I, I did every yeah, sale. Yeah, I did yeah, every bro. delivery. I packaged. I wait. I literally, I mean, I, I did it all. It was crazy. I did PADs. It was, it was All nuts. by himself, bro. Yeah. We had a one-man distro. <laughs> one yeah. man. We were, amazing. we were a yeah. four-man team, bro. We had a one-man yeah, distro. Yeah, we had just, you know. It's been, it's been, it's been great, man. It's been like a great ride. And it's, you know, uh, when people ask me, you know, new brands or oh, how you have success and how have you done this? How have you done that? I kind of look at them, bro. Cause I'm like, that's such a loaded question. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't ask me that, like how much time you got, you know? And yeah. it's, it's, it's the sacrifices, you know, that I've made, you know, the, the hours and hours of trapping the, 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 the federal things, you know? Uh, Dustin, you know, packing up his family, man, taking that, taking that risk, bro. Like this, this shit wasn't no guarantee, you know? So it's those type of, it's that type of commitment and it's those type of energies and synergies, which is why I believe, you know, Ball Family Farms is so well respected and received, you know, because it's, it's, it's more, it's more than just the weed, bro. You know what I'm saying? It, it's the culture, it's the individuals behind it. And I think, you know, when you get into a game like this, that care and that love and that energy speaks through your brand. You know what I'm saying? Like I know who the fuck I've been known for has been, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and dirty Sprite and fucking bro. I, I, you know, I, yeah. I know what's up because I've yeah. been studying. And when I first met him, I understood, 
you know what I'm saying? I understood why he's why he's received and why he's loved and respected in this fucking game is because it oozes through him. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's passion, bro. It's it's just aligning yourself in this space, bro, with people who really give a shit. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. And so I think that's why we're here. I know that's why we're here. I know that's why it worked out. You know, thank God, thank the cannabis guys. You know, we we are here now and Dustin's buying a fucking one point something million dollar home now. And you know what I'm saying? I'm building a house and the company has legs and, and we're doing great. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But it's because of all that shit in the past, man. Like you can't just run into our space, bro, in, in two or three years and think you're gonna be somebody. It just I don't yeah. I don't think the universe that would really allow doesn't that. happen anywhere with anything. No, with anything, right? You no. can't sports, music, acting. These people, you know, you hear about people in, in acting, bro. Oh, they got their big break with this. Yeah, but how long were they acting before that break came? You know what I mean? So it's the same in our industry, man. So no such thing as overnight success. No, nah, no. Nah. I, I have a couple, I want to keep going with that story. So you got cultivation going, right? And some of the hardships of having cultivation and being a grower is how do you get into a distro? How do you figure out your pricing model? How do you, you know what I'm saying? How do you navigate getting into the legal market? Uh, you know, because it's so different from the other from side. The trap. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, it was I had I had enough um, humble, what, what, humble arrogance. I like to call it. I had enough humble arrogance, man, to go enlist the help of of some people who I I thought were smarter than me. Right. So I knew from you know being an ex being an ex athlete and playing on multiple football teams my entire life, I understood the concept of team. I've been on a team that's won no games and I've been on a team that's won every game that never lost a game. And so there's a distinct difference in those two cultures, right? And how they operate. So the team that, you know, never won a game, everybody thought that they were the shit, you know what I'm saying? And everybody thought they were smart and thought they had the answer. And the team that won that we never lost a game, everybody knew what they were good at and relied on the person next to them to do what they were good at. You know, and the coaches were very good about you're good at this. You're going to play this position. You're good at this. And you're going to play this position. So I took that with me when I started building my team at BFF. Right. OK, Chris, what are you good at? I'm good at culture. I'm the culture. I'm the visionary. I'm that. That's what I'm good at. Well, who's good at money? Well, not me, because I'm used to blowing a bunch of fucking money. You know what I'm saying? So let me get my brother. My brother is a straight A student, college graduate, baseball player, comes from corporate America knows money, knows dollars. Hey, Chuck, I need you to come over here and be the CFO of Ball Family Farms. Uh, you sure, man? Because the last time I messed with you, I was getting chased by the feds. You ran <laughs> off on the damn. I got you out of prison. You this and that. Had to get my mom to come in and help me convince the man, but he came. At that point, I'm trying to go down um, and get a, an electrical permit for our building, right? I don't know how to get an electrical permit. I use my contractor's do all of that. Well, we actually never applied for one building my, my road grows, right? We just, we get power how we get power, right? Um, Chris, you need to call a, a, a general contractor. Okay, let me call my general. Yo, can you help me get a, an electrical permit? I can, but, you know, let me introduce you to this lady who works down at the city. She does all of our uh, MEPs and does all of that stuff for us when we're building hospitals and this and that. So that's how I get linked up with my COO, Ebony Anderson, right? I call her, yo, I need to put an electrical permit. What are you trying to do? I'm trying to do this. Okay, it's going to cost you this much. Uh, I don't have that kind of money, but what about if I give you uh, equity in my company? Mm, okay, all right, I'll do that. 
And so I enlisted her. Now, when I enlist her, not only does this woman do urban planning for the city, but she also wrote the licensing for like Cudahy. She understood city policy. She understood the verbiage. So now when it's time for us to go apply, you know, for the license, she handled everything for me. The whole application process, compliance wise, everything. We need this. We need that. We need this. We need that. We need this. She knows how to work with. She knew it because she worked on the other side. Yeah. She, she, she worked on the other side of the counter, right? When we would go, I need to get this done. She's, hey, take this back and you need to fill this out. So I brought her in to my circle. Just knowing, you know what I'm saying? Just not, just being, you know, okay. So then she paid for the, the electrical. No, what she did was she taught me how to get the electrical permit. And then I had the shoebox money, right? I had all my bread, yep. you know what I'm saying? It was stacked away, you know, all over the place, right? So when Chris, you're going to need, you know, 3,500 for this. Okay, Chris, you're going to need $11,000 per license. Okay, I got it. No problem. So that, that saved me from having to go out and bring on an investor or bring on somebody who was going to, you know, uh, do predatory practices on yeah. me and my brother because we don't know. Right. Yep. And so at that point, we're now going along together. I got Dustin's bread. My brother's in watching the money. Ebony's in handling compliance and I'm out creating a culture for Ball Family Farms. Brought in my little cousin to, to watch the facility and be the facilities manager. He was working at Dairy Queen. Called him up. Yo, bro, you want a job? What are we doing? I don't know, but just come. OK. And we just we went along from there, bro. And we just kind of figured out everything on our own. It wasn't easy. You know what I'm saying? But literally one room, we had one we had room one with lights room. in it. When we would get a harvest, we would take all that bread and literally put lights in the next room. But all the walls were up at the facility. So we had like the bones, but then one room at a time, we literally recycled to get to where we were. Bro, I took Dustin's 200 grand, got us some, some insulated panels and just had the frame, the panels put up for all the rooms, but they had nothing in them. One room had lights, 30 lights. And as we harvested and fucking Dustin packed it up and we moved it. <laughs> To the homie shops, uh, uh, Jeff and Armin, bro, put us in cookies. Me and Dustin took the meeting. We had our, we had. We like didn't a, have a van. We, we pulled up nothing. in my wife's truck, you know, in the Tahoe with like ten pounds in in uh, in jars, like one thousand twenty eight jars. We pull up and like, oh, we got the jars. We're like, well, bring them inside, bro. There's no AC on in the truck. We're like, oh shit, we didn't even know what wow. bro, we didn't straight, know what a manifest yeah. was. We didn't even know what that was. What's that? They're like, okay, you got to, you know, this metric and manifest. We're like, all right, let's figure it out. And from there, bro, we just built this thing, bro, light by light, tray by tray, bro, clone by clone. And it eventually turned from 30 lights to 300 over just grass rooting, room by room. And about to be double. And about to be double. Love that. And, and you, the first one was wow. Daniel LaRusso? First one was LaRusso, bro. I love so it. So we got, I had the... um. We had, I still had that Skywalker, but bro, it had been, it had been run through so much gamut dog for the past, for those four years, right? I'm spraying Eagle on the shit, trying to figure stuff out. We're avid, like, you know what I'm saying? So, and at that time I tried to bring that in and, um, I had linked up with my head of genetics, Ashton, and we finally linked when we linked up, I brought it and he was like, bro, this thing has so much fucking fusarium and you get all kind of shit in here man he was like get rid of this and i'm like no nah, bro you don't understand this made me who i am this is the fire og he was like listen man i got a safe you know i got a vault full of seeds that i've been collecting over the past you know 10 years he's like let's just pop some of them things and let's go you know let's let's come up with something that nobody knows about that nobody you know has had so i was skeptical you know i'm like ah 
I was like, all right, bro, let me trust you. So we did. And when we did, we finally, we found LaRusso, bro. And LaRusso was a cross. It was a GMO cross with some OG he had that he had crossed like way back then. And um, we popped it, man. And once we found her, I just started giving her out because I had never smelled nothing, nothing like LaRusso when, I, when we first got her. I'm an OG guy. I grew up in LA. I'm an OG guy all day long. So when I smell, I'm like, what is this? This smells like, like food, like garlic or something. Like what is it? And he's like, trust me. Go give it to some people to smoke. Well, okay. Well, I start giving out people to smoke. And they're like, I don't know what that is, bro, but that's special. And from there, bro, I said, all right, bro, let's run it. And when LaRusso really hit off. the scene, it just, she just blew, bro. It was like, I, we couldn't even keep up with it. I was like, whoa. But even at the time when I first started going to stores, like a lot of new brands would never be able to get 17 or $18 per eighth jar. You know, we had nothing. So when I went to it, my first store I got was in uh, Port Huemi. I think that's how you say it. Um, Port Wainini, Port Wainini. It's, in, it's by Oxnard. So yeah. a cool store, HPC. I pull up. They're like, bro, your flower is bomb as fuck. They're like, what do you want? I'm like, we want $20. They're like, we'll pay $20 for this, but you have to put a tamper sticker on the jar because <laughs> this is not compliant. I was like, if you send me a picture of what you want, like, I'll do it. I'll do it. And like, that's how, that's how like little knowledge we knew about compliance and stuff. But Daniel LaRusso is so fire. Like at the time, especially because at that moment, there was really nothing else like it. I think, you know, there's there's definitely some other flower brands or or, or whatever that have. That was the first I heard of the brand. Yeah. About LaRusso. the Daniel LaRusso. Yeah, absolutely. He's smoking that. That shit's and then and then definitely the Nino Brown. Yeah. Talk about some of these other strains mm-hmm. and shit. Cause like it seems like you got with um your homie that had the seeds and that 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 yeah. inadvertently changed the game changed for you guys for because you were it, early with that. Yeah. It Everybody's changed, doing that now. Yeah. It changed. You know? It definitely changed the game for me because it went from cutting clones and bringing in diseases from, you know, everybody sharing clones and bringing cleaning in, everything yeah, up to cleaning everything up. And I, I didn't, I never even bro. I had even at that time from growing Lance, you know, growing, you know, back then I had never really seen a healthy mom or a healthy plant with nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? From start to finish. So as we're popping all these seeds, man, he's we're going through these genetics. I'm looking at these vigorous plants, bro, just showing crazy fucking expression. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, damn, and this is when purple is just starting to come back. This 2018, you know what I'm saying? Like there we weren't gelato heavy and candy heavy back then. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So the fact that the that the LaRusso was purple and it had this exotic, you know, smell to it, and motherfuckers just couldn't smoke enough of it. I'm like, damn. So once he put me onto that, I'm like, I don't ever want to buy a clone again from nowhere. Like, why don't we have all this? Why don't we just, you know, pick from our own stock? And he's like, this is, this is real growing. You know what I'm saying? This is now we're geneticists. Now I'm going I'm to show you something else. Now we're going to be able to give people some that they ain't never smoked. And before then I'm thinking, you know, no, oh, it's got to be OG. It has to, because that's all I know. But once I saw how everyone gravitated to LaRusso, in the door, you know, it's like mind blown again, like boom, another door opens and it's like genetics, bro, your own taste, your own strain. That's the shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's that's like having a hit song. That's how I came. All of these things came. You know what I'm saying? So once we grabbed a couple males, he started teaching me how to, how to, how to pollinate. He started teaching me when I first met Lance, bro, I asked Lance, bro, can you bring me some, some, some dirty sprite pollen, pollen yeah. bro. Yeah, really like, I, I didn't I'm realize how disrespectful that was back no, then, but no, Lance it brought it. We tried you know to get it. Like, like, he was he like, bro, up, he's like, pulled up. Like, yo, I got you, bro. Yeah. Like, I fuck Straight with your up. brand. Like, I'm and I'm like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, you know, now thinking back to that shit, looking in hindsight, like, that's why y'all are here today because I fuck with this man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, for him to, somebody asked me to bring some pollen right now yeah. for my LaRusso or some of my shit. I'm like, 
what? Who yeah. you must be crazy? If Lance asked me, I'll bring it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Depending on who asked me, yeah. I'll bring it. But we wasn't like that, you know what I'm saying, at the time. But he was just like, yo, man, like, I really fuck with y'all. And I, I fuck with your flower. And I think you deserve to be here. So what, let's do something. I'll bring the pollen. Yeah, you know, don't, so don't ask me for uh, dirty spray pollen, pollen, please. Because <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. I know nah, that's the next man. question. Because I'm going to get hit up about that now. Nah, for real. That's, that's when you just love the game. Did yeah, you man, know you were going to go through a series of names? Because like that's such a great branded name. Did you already yeah. say like, all right, this is where we're going to go with this? Or was it just like, this is perfect for this? And then it You know what? I said, it's, I said it was perfect for this. And then it evolved. Okay. You know, and- the way it happened, bro, was I'm I'm a I'm a I'm an outlier, bro. Like I go against the grain. You know what I'm saying? If everybody's going right, I'm like, why ain't nobody going left? Let me go explore left, right? So when they were when we were first first moving the strain around, right, and and talking to different distros and you know just having conversations, they were like, well, what's what are you gonna name it? And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna name it. Uh, it's called Daniel Russo. And they're like, you can't do that. Can't that won't work? That won't work. I'm like, what you mean? Why not? And they're like, because you're only marketing to one demographic. These kids these days, they don't know who Daniel LaRusso is. You, you got to be born in the 80s to know who that is. And I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, you know, kind of what you're saying is true. But I also know I didn't know what the fuck OG was, you know, until I looked it up myself and started studying the game. So why can't I name it this? Right. And everyone's still asking at that time, everyone was still asking for OG and a lot of people still, is it ocean grown? Is it this? Is it that? Like, what is it? Right. So I'm like, you know what, man, I don't really give a fuck. Everybody's calling their weed this or, or calling it candy, or I want to eat this or drink this or whatever. I said, I want to do something different. I want to do something to set my strain apart. And I'm a movie buff. I watch movies all day long. Anytime a new movie come out, I'm watching it. And if I love the movie, I'm gonna watch the motherfucker 20 times. And I know all the words. So Daniel LaRusso was just a guy that I looked up to as a little kid. Right. And at first we was going to call it Daniel's son. And then my boy, Ron, <laughs> shout out Kingston Royal again. I called him. I said, yo, bro, what you think about Daniel's son? He said, nah, let's go with Daniel LaRusso. And I said, why? Everybody knows Daniel's son. He said, that's the point. You don't want him to get it right away. You want him to look it up and you want him to have an aha moment. So once they figure out who Daniel LaRusso, for the ones that know, they know. Right. For the ones that don't, once they figure it out, it's going to be an aha moment. Right. He said, and that's going to make it dope. So once we did it and it took off, then I was like, oh, this is where we at. This is how this is going to be a ball family farms thing. So then I just start thinking, what other movie characters inspire me? Oh, shit. Miyagi Do, you know, Bonsai, the tree. Oh, shit. The Last Dragon, Shonuff, Laura Charles, Bruce Leroy, but, uh, Miss Parker, Nino Brown. Like now, if you in my phone, there's about 40 names in my phone. <laughs> I got names for the next 10 years. So yeah. rest assured, Ball Family Farms will be dropping new characters on y'all asses every year. You know what I'm saying? That's dope as hell. That yeah, is man. dope, man. No, nah, and you made, a, you made a work too. It's still like uniform. Like I see the different colored checker patterns and everything. Like that's good branding. Absolutely. All around. Yeah, you can see all the different. Uh, and one of the big things that we always talk about, be yourself. And you guys are so yourselves, man. And like people get lost up in the hype and get lost. I mean, be yourself. You get to name your strain what you want. I mean, you got to do all the fun shit and you're taking advantage of it. And he's paying homage to his past. And yeah. His culture, yeah, you know? bro. So it's been really dope, man. What's been cool about it is that, you know, my brother and my, my COO, they're very uh, corporate individuals, the way that they think. So you can imagine, you know, we're going to get sued and this and that. Mm -hmm. But what's been great, man, and what's so fucking dope about cannabis and our, and our culture is that 
the guy who created these characters, bro, fucking sent me an email and was like, told me his name. I didn't, I didn't know his name, told me his name and said, Hey, you know, uh, I'm the, the guy who created, you know, these names and these characters. And, um, I just want to say thank you, you know, because I actually created these characters under the influence of the plant. Wow. And so to see you paying homage, you know, to my, my brain and to my thinking and to my beloved characters, I think that's really, really cool. So you're not going to have no, no issues for me. He thought it was like dope as fuck. I emailed him back, obviously, right? I look him up, find out he's really the creator of these names. And I hit him. It's like, yeah, man, as long as, you know, I'm cool. Like, I think it's brilliant. You know, if you could send me a care package up every once in a while, he owns a vineyard like up north somewhere. Send me a care package wow. a, a while of my, of my strains. I, bro, you got it. No problem. Wow. So it's just like that type of love, bro. That, that shit don't it just, exist. It just shows it just too shows. that if you would have listened to everybody, you you might have not never, you might have not got the attention of people nope. for them to experience nope. the product you nope. know so and then now you got the attention of the guy who actually created the characters and yep. it turns out he smokes weed too it turns out he's so it's just created like, the characters while smoking weed you know and if you know it, bro he told me because we were talking and he told me bro he said you remember the scene where Johnny is rolling a joint in the toilet. Oh, he's got yeah. on the, at the school dance and he's wearing the skeleton oh, wow. suit and he's like he's he said. I was trying to, I was saying it then, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, like we, I, I smoke, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And then Daniel turns the hose on yep. him and shit. And then they, be, bro, like wow. it's little signs everywhere. Right. And I just, that was again, fucking mind yeah. blown, bro. I'm like, damn, this is fucking dope. You know what That's I'm saying? Crazy. So we've never had an issue not with none of the characters. No, nobody's ever come at us. The only time we've ever got come at is when we did the collaboration with Viola and we released rain, that strain rain two years ago. And um, 48 hours later, bro, we got a cease and desist from Prince's estate because at first it was called Purple Rain, right? But we spelled the rain R-E-I-G-N, right? So uh -huh. it wasn't R-A, but we used the font. And then, you know, it was like some two black cannabis entrepreneurs coming together. And because I'm such an 80s movie guy, I'm like, yo, anything that we touch or collab on, I'm always trying to pay homage to some sort of movie to give it that nostalgia. That's how you know it's us. And so we did it, bro. And they sent the letter and it was really a win, bro, because I was so fucking juiced just to see my name on a piece of paper with Prince Roger Nelson, bro, like in Ball Family <laughs> Farms. We fucking, I framed the fucking letter and everything, put it in a, a frame with the packaging, the original packaging and all of that. But it's another milestone. Yeah. It, you know, it, we, we, we touching all kinds of shit from the culture. Pushing boundaries. So and that's what's dope, bro. Sometimes you realize that when you're pushing boundaries, you absolutely. know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 100% man. This has been a crazy ass story. Oh, I love it. And I, you know, you <laughs> inspired me. This is a movie in itself. You inspired me, man. I have a new idea. I'm going to start having a, because of your story and because of this podcast, I'm going to start having a small piece of paper and something to write down because uh, there's something I want to go over. And it's throughout your whole story so far, there's mm -hmm. like things that keep coming up trust, mm -hmm. family, experience. Uh, bro, it's like, literally words that keep hitting right and it goes on and on i've every time you tell a story another word comes where i'm like boom same, same and at principles. the end of it it's like that's your story is these key points mm -hmm. that are like starts with experience right your experiences with like the best thing moving to from out of your 
original setup to the, you know, I guess you'd call it the suburbs, but then going from there to Germany, mm-hmm. then going from, it's, it's just so much experience and so much perspective. Mm-hmm. Another word, so many words came up to me right now that I was like, I, I need this list. Cause if I went down, it's like, you look at the cannabis industry and it's like, what's your list say? Right. Right. What does you know what I'm saying? Yeah, What's your dope. story? Your story is like trust, family, experience, like all these words keep coming to mind that are positive, e- even out of your and it just it just makes me realize like, man, that's your story is these Yeah, you know, those words being my story, but how many of those words, if you ask, you know, 10 people that you interview, you know, going forward, how many of those are gonna how many of those stories are gonna have the same words no. now, in their stories? <laughs> Everyone's is different. Everyone's is different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you think about all that shit, man, and how you have all these different stories, but you guys can all come together and represent one thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which is the plant. How do you how does that happen? You know, even my 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 head of genetics, bro. If you look at me and this guy, you know what I'm saying? Like we're polar opposites, right? This dude's a a gun toting Republican from Orange County. You know what I'm saying? He wears his fucking <laughs> make master. America make America great again. Like this is my head of genetics, bro. This is my partner. We this pull is my up to brother. dinner. It's just funny, man. Seeing the hostess look at us all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, so it, just the plant able being able to even bring him, him and I together. You know, for one common goal. You know what I'm saying? It's it's fucking teamwork, bro. It's it's yeah. really teamwork, and our that's what's beautiful about about our industry and our culture. Is that when you really are from here, you understand that. You know what I'm saying? The first guys to put me on a shelf, it wasn't, it was a white guy, bro. It was a white guy and an Armenian guy. You know what I'm saying? That was that was Armin and Jeff from of Nameless Genetics, bro. Huge these shout out my, to these, both these, those guys. <laughs> these are my yeah. brothers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Those guys put me on. Here, man. Come on, Chris. We fucking with you. We've been fucking with you. Good or bad, we'll see. You know what I'm saying? So when you think about all that stuff, man, it's it's really it's why I'm I'm so in love, you know, with our with our culture and, and what I do in in our business. You know what I'm saying? And I'll never leave. I won't leave unless all my other guys leave. And if we all leave, I'm out. We'll go do something different. But until then, we here, bro, and we here for the we here for the culture. We here for the people. We here for the plant, for the for the weed. We here for it all. Shit, California made it too hard for us to leave yet. We're still digging this trench and Bro. we're going to make this shit happen because that was something that you spoke about. And I'm, we're interested in hearing about that. But from the inside, you've been able to see how, how this industry works and it's it's going to be cool to see what you can help change, you know? Yeah, man. You know, we I've, I've just now, we were talking about it earlier, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm now starting to get into, you know, policy, you know, saying and, and reform, you know, from a, from a state level, from a city level. So now it's, you know, now cannabis is, taken me on so many journeys, you know what I'm saying, in my life and taught me so much. Now it's about to teach me politics. Now it's about to teach me, you know, how to get taxes removed, you know, how to go talk to my uh to my my city officials, you know what I'm saying, and, and create some change that's better for people and better, better for dispensaries, better for growers, distributors, right? So with all that, man, this this, you know, this plant had just keeps giving to me. You know what I'm saying? It just keeps giving me more knowledge, more friends, you know what I'm saying? More opportunities, you know what I'm saying? So uh, the fact now that I'm able to to sit here, you know, talk to you guys about this podcast, represent people of color, you know, in the space, represent a, a, a black grower, you know, represent social equity, you know, from a, a system and a program that's, that needs a lot of work, but I'm still here and I've been able to to navigate it and make it work. I got a lot to offer. 
You know what I'm saying? I got a lot to offer. I have a lot to give back to our community so that we could try to uh, make it healthy. You know what I'm saying? For everybody who deserves to be here to participate. Straight Not up. everybody should be, should be here, right? But if you deserve to be here and you give a shit and you, whatever it is that you do and you do it at the highest level and you put in your 10,000 hours, I believe you deserve a spot. Straight up. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. For it real. brings people together. That's for damn sure. Absolutely, no, 100%. bro. 100%. So what talk about future and collabs and like I see like I see dope shit because like I'll, I'll I'm a consumer first so mm -hmm. I always like I'll like go in shops buy shit check shit out but I'll see you guys doing like pop ups and shit in shops and like being interactive you got the you got the life size figures of yep. of your bags yep. on the pop the cutouts the pop outs yep. in the, in the <laughs> shop so you can't miss it you know yeah, but it's bro. smart and I'm yeah. always like I'm a branding guy too and and on the business side and it's just like. I always see that. And I'm like, you guys are on your game. Where does that come from? Bro, it's just my brain, dog. Like, to be honest and not to like try to act like, you know, I have all the answers or whatever, but I am the visionary, you know what I'm saying, of my company and my team, you know, they respect me as such, you know, and they, after four years now, they kind of know how I work. So I always, I'm a dreamer, bro. I dream, I dream in color. I dream big, you know what I'm saying? So, um, when you see all of this branding and you see all these things, it's just my way of trying to stop people, you know what I'm saying? And, and get their attention. Right. So when we talk about collabs, right? Like I knew my first collaboration was with Al with Viola and I, I, I strategically went after him because for one, he was the biggest black face that I knew. Right. For two, he had a really big brand. And I knew if I could get somehow get my, my name next to his name, that I would be able to use that platform. I'd be able to use his viewers to draw attention to what we were doing. You know what I'm saying? Once we did that, it was a huge success. You know, that strain got rated top 20 best strains to smoke in 2020 by Complex Magazine. You know what I'm saying? So uh -oh. we did our job, you know? Yeah. And so now that I have the attention and now I have the eyes that I want, now it's kind of like being responsible with that attention, right? So now that I have everyone's undivided attention in the space, okay, Ball Family Farms, you know, signature brand, high quality flower, dope story, you know, family run business, what's next, right? So now at moving forward, when we talk about collabs, I'm very strategic, right? The next collab we're going to do um, is with Ricky Williams. You know oh, what I'm saying? We're, gonna fuck, we're doing a collab that. with the Heisman. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And so it's taken, you know, we haven't done a collab really in three years. I mean, yeah. two years since. Before since that hits, though, we have uh, the collab with Friendly Farms dropping fairly soon. Yeah, we have. That's that's an oil. That's a, mm -hmm. you know, that's a, a pin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we fuck with Darren. Stoked, and an industry love, collab. Yeah, that's an industry yeah. collab. Yeah. But, um, and Darren's, Darren's like family. Been very instrumental, you know, with, with some of the growth in BFF and been trying to get this collab going with him with these cards for a minute. Uh, but we're finally close. But with the collab with Ricky, man, it's more about, you know, me and Ricky go back, bro, to our sports days. You know what I'm saying? Me playing at Cal, him playing at Texas. Daryl, you know what I'm saying? Russell, my boy that was uh, drafted by the Raiders, they both, you know, grew up down in San Diego. So I met Ricky when I was idolizing him. You know what wow. I'm saying? Because my, my big bro introduced me to him. Yeah. So for it to come full circle, man, and to see what has happened to him, you know what I'm saying, in his career over the plant. And for him to, after I, he came here, bro, and we sat and talked for an hour, I was probably about an hour and a half. He came with his team and I said, listen, if we're going to do this, I need, I really need to know. I'm not, I don't do collabs for clout. 
There's been a bunch of rappers, bunch of celebrities that have asked me to do collabs for clout. I'm not fucking with it. You celebrity, you don't sell weed. We sell, I'm the asset. You want me to do a collab? Instead of you asking me, what are we paying you to do a collab because you're a rapper? You should be asking me, what can I pay you for you to grow my weed and me attach myself to your brand because you're respected? But that's a whole nother episode we could talk about too. Yeah. Our worth. Yeah. Our yeah. worth, right? But um, when Ricky came in and told me his story, bro, I said, tell me from A to Z, bro. I need to hear everything because I need to know. It was just so remarkable, man, about what the plant does for him to me, you know, and because we're both, you know, African-Americans, because we're both ex-professional athletes, because this this industry has given me life and given my family stability, but this plant has taken away his, mm. right? Two completely different opposite ends of the spectrum. I thought, this is it. This is the collaboration. This is the guy that I, that I go fuck with, you know what I'm saying? And this is the person that Ball Family Farms uh, represents next. So, the, the collaborations and the partnerships are very strategic at this point because I feel we have to be responsible and strategic with our partnerships now. It can't just be about the bread, yeah. right? It has for to it fucking to work, mean yeah. something for it to work because that's how our culture works. And I believe the consumer now, as they mature, will sniff that shit out. If it's not, I believe that there, all of us are starting to get, a, we've been savvy, but a lot of the, the general population, bro, they're starting to get more savvy. Like, yeah. okay, this is some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Are you doing this for this? Are you doing this for that? So that's how the collabs, you know, that's something that we got coming up. You that's know what I'm dope saying? as hell, man. Yeah, Congrats bro. on that. Thank that's you. fire. Thank Full you. Full circle, like you said. Full circle, You already bro. met him and shit. That's, yeah. Full circle. When we dope. talked about it and we finally figured I'm, it out, both of our eyes lit up. I yeah. knew, you know what I'm, I'm saying? Because I've been a fan. His, you know? But when he figured it out and we talked, he was like, oh my God, bro, that was you. I'm like, yeah, dog. That's crazy. Like, this shit is crazy that I'm I'm here. We here full circle. He's like, so, fucking bro, he was, bro, crazy. He, he, he's such an amazing, he's such an amazing human, bro. He's such an amazing human. And when you sit down and talk to him and you figure out what cannabis does for him, similar to what I think it does for you, yeah. y'all are going to bond. Yeah. He sacrificed, he was the early, he sacrificed damn near his for whole sports. career for yeah. cannabis. He was yeah, a sacrificial lamb. And now bro. you look yeah. back on those years and people were like, oh, he did, you know, he, they had a lot to say about him at those times. Yeah, bro. Now you look back and you're like, holy shit, what a brave thing Especially to do. Especially being from Florida. I remember even being yeah. a kid. Everyone talked about Ricky Williams. I mean, I don't even remember how old I was. And the way your parents would talk about him was like, oh, he's dumb. He's oh, throwing he's dumb. away his whole career. He literally no, he sacrificed. He worked his whole life to get to that point and yeah. threw it all away because it made him feel good. The, and that's the, when he was happy, you know? The problem with it is, is that so many others are doing the same shit. Yeah. And it's a big standard already. Yeah. He just got caught because yep. he was winning. He yeah. was doing the best yes. at his position. Yep. He was killing it. He was scary. So, of course, the spotlight's against. on him and he's, you know, bro. It it's was a little tough. It was, it, I mean, when he and I talked, bro, we just had so many connections, bro. Like, even he played in Canada. You know, he played over in Toronto for the Argonauts. Damn. And I played in Hamilton my last year, 30 minutes away for, for Toronto, for the Tiger Cats, bro. And, uh, you know, in Canada, there's no drug tests. They don't test for marijuana. So everyone smokes, bro. Yeah. The entire team smokes. Yeah. It's all right there. Cheap as hell. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So even experiencing that, as soon as he and I talked, I, I got it right away. I already knew what time it was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's, it's amazing, bro, as like how the public don't know this, this education, this part of it, right? And when we sit down and talk, bro, and he tells me, bro, I feel like my football career 
led me to this. This is my purpose. Mm. You don't hear him say his wow. purpose was to play football. Wow. He don't wow. he don't speak like that's not that's what he crazy. thinks, bro. He's like that my football career was a vehicle to lead me to my purpose and my purpose is this. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is where I'm happy. This is where I have no more anxiety when I can self-medicate myself. And this is where my brain opens up and I can talk about this and that and you know, man, it's, he's, he's a remarkable human being, bro. I, you guys really should get him, interview him oh, and talk to that him. Layup. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I got yeah, you. That's easy. I got you. That's easy, bro. And so now comes the fun process, I'm guessing, where you guys get With to test some hunting, strains. Yeah. Yeah. He's, 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 he's already selected. He's already selected. Oh, yeah, he's already selected. That's dope. Yeah, now you just get in production. Yeah, it's a brand name. She's in. If you don't mind me asking, what type of, you don't got to give me the, but just what type of strain did Ricky type of? I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's LaRusso cross to our Dragonfly Jones. Love it, but then back. No? Damn, when it's a back cross, yeah. Oh, what's yeah, it like? A purple? Deep. What like? It's it's purple. It has good. Yeah, it has it has like, like a gas. Or it a almost candy resembles a the structure of dragonfly a bit with similar colors to uh, the Russo. The nose is definitely unique. Um, and honestly, like I, when I when I give my friends R and D smoke, like my biggest smoking friends. They couldn't even they figure couldn't out the it, taste. Bro. Like the taste they said was next Something level. different. Yeah, yeah they're they're like, like, it's yeah. different. They were like, this is, they're like, I'm, I'm trying to compare it to something and I can't. And when they tell me that, that's when we know, okay, this is it. And, and coincidentally, Ricky chose that one. Right. Wow. We, we had like five of them. Yeah. Five of the, the, the DLs times the, the, the dragonfly. Right. And there was 23. There was number three. There was number seven. There was a, another one. And ironically, bro, when, the homie gave us that in information. He's like, stay with this because this is like something. He's like, I'm high as shit. The taste is good. You know, this and that. Let's see if we can bring some more turbs, run it back, blah, blah, blah. Oh, he was like, but it's number seven. And I was yeah. like, okay, bet. I cool. didn't even know that. It was number seven. That's dope. And then Ricky hit me two days later and was like, yo, number seven. And I was like, okay. Yeah, that's good. Let's move number seven. Um, number seven is in right now. Yeah. So now we're working on artwork. We got oh, a surprise yeah. for everybody, man. Like that's when, we, dope when as hell. we drop, doing it in a real way. In a real, real way, bro. You know, you a know. real way. He he ran through probably about because at first we were just gonna start. I was gonna start from scratch. I'm like, okay, what do you like? Da, da, da. But I, I we knew we had had these phenos for Ball Family. They were great. I have a couple more names that was about to hit this year. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, man? This is important. He's yeah. important to our culture. Yeah. His story needs to be told. It's a great look for Ball Family, considering me and his story. There's authenticity there, right? And everyone, once we tell the story, no one's going to be like, oh, they ain't doing that shit for clout. They're going to be like, oh, no, this is real. Okay, dope. Yeah. I say, you know what? Let's just see if he likes any of them. Because we had ones that we chose for ourselves that we were going to run again. And he went through like two or three of them, bro. And then he hit seven first. And then he was like, okay, now nah, I think I'm leaning more towards three or this K2. So then, okay. So then another week goes by and he goes, you know what, man, bring the seven back. I ran through these two and I'm just not sure. Like I'm kind of stuck, but I, the seven keeps playing in my head. So I gave him a zip. I said, live with that, bro. Go through the whole thing. He hit me, bro. and was like two days after his boy told me seven, he was like, that's the champ. That's where we starting right there. It takes, and these guys, you you can't do it in one joint. No, it bro. takes like you say, living with it. Where you you wake up and smoke it. You smoke it before nighttime. You smoke it on the day where you're upset. You smoke it on the day where you're happy. You smoke it on the day After where you, you got a lot eat. shit to do. Yeah. yeah, everything, bro. Yeah, and so that's going to be our first drop. And you know, the plan is, you know, my our plan is to be, you know, growing his whole line. 
you know, for him right now, you know, they're sourcing, you know what I'm saying? But the plan is he's like, I would much rather have you growing everything for me. And I said, well, if we want to do that, bro, we're going to take it one step at a time. Yeah. I know people yeah, are telling you business. you need three strains and you need it. No, you don't. You yeah. need one. We started, we started off Family song. Farms with one strain. Said and everyone one, said, you can't strain. start a company with one strain. You need six SKUs. You need this and that. And we're like, <laughs> all right. All right. I'm like, why? All I sold was OG for the past 15 years. Yeah. Why I need this many? Why? Why? Yeah. You don't need that shit. Yeah. God brings fire. up hit song. Do yeah, do it your way. That's it. You know, and just keep keep figuring it out along the way. Man, this has been an incredible story. Yeah. We're I got I, I got my man in the back here telling me we got one more on the camera left. All this. <laughs> Any last shout outs, man? As we wrap this up, bro. Thank you guys for your time, man. Yeah, for I appreciate this is, you. Nah, bro, it's been a mini movie, movie here. Yeah, for man. We we really appreciate it, bro. I really appreciate you guys just coming in and giving us the platform. You know what I'm saying? Just to talk. Um, as far as shout outs, man, just want to shout out my team, bro. You know what I'm saying? My team, uh, J and F, my brother, Chuck, Ebony, Dustin, Ashton, you know, the people that make ball family farms go around, you know what I'm saying? Straight on up. a daily basis. Um, because we all, we got, you know yep. what I'm saying? At the end of the day, um, if you don't follow us, follow us, you know what I'm saying? At ball family farms, you know what I'm saying? At Chris ball 45, uh, and we got some shit coming, man. Be be on the lookout. We got some. We got a TV show coming. Where can the they go the to get the strains? Where can we go to try your stuff? Um, if you want to grab it, we're in all of um, we're in all the uh, uh, sweet sweet flower stores. We're in all the cookie stores. We're in all the connected stores. So Catalyst. we're in, we're in Catalyst. All the Catalyst stores. Shout out to Elliot Lewis over there. Stizzy, of course. Work. We're in the Stizzy locations. And then if you can't, uh, if you want to know if we're in maybe a more, you know, mom and pop local shop, go on our website, you know, saying ballfamilyfarms.com and then just go in, uh, go to locations where they carry us. And then you can uh, just type in where you at and it'll pop up with whatever's closest to you. You guys are dialed in, man. Uh, trying, where do bro. we get the clothing? Merch. Big dog. <laughs> there it is. Well, you know, fortunately you for y'all, y'all going to walk out of here with some shit today. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? But um, uh, normally you, you shop with us on our website. Uh, this is all stuff. Um, we have a new line that's dropping. It's all coming in right now. It's so fire. Um, it's so fucking fire, bro. So that's going to be on our website and we're, we're putting up the at ball family farm. I think it's already up ball family farms apparel on IG. Dope. So you could go there. Um, once you see everything loaded up, cause we're just gathering all the content, setting up the Shopify, all of that. You can just go in there, tap it. It'll pop up, click it. It'll go right to the store. You can grab it. So the merch is going to be really exciting. You know what I'm saying? I'm only doing a hundred pieces per style you know what i'm saying yeah. so you got to get it to get it it's going to come and it's going to yep. go so we're going to have fun with that but uh yeah be on the lookout for that too yeah hell yeah you guys got a bunch of exciting shit going we on do, man. man yeah we do it's real. fun it's fun you already know man it's episode 46 ball family farms we're wrapping up first smoke of the day what are the words in your story peace What's up? I want to take a second to talk about Grow Generation, the largest hydroponic retailer in the country, over 60 stores nationwide. Go to growgeneration.com and enter in the code first smoke. Become a part of the family. Let's go where the pros go to grow. Hey, calling all breeders and growers to the world's largest online seed bank, neptuneseedbank.com. Check out this. I got goodies from all the best breeders in the market. To go here and change your game in your garden, go to NeptuneSeedBank.com. You can get Blackleaf and you can get all the best breeders in the game. NeptuneSeedBank.com, first smoke of the day sent you.
Let's talk about Athena, one of the number one nutrient companies in the world, Athena Nutrients. Blackleaf, tell them how you use IPM in your garden. Athena IPM, one of the best products out right now for IPM management. This product passed testing for legal facilities and is what is what I use in my garden. Blackleaf approved, Athena IPM. This product and all other products, athenaag.com. Go check them out, appreciate you guys. Yo, welcome to the Diamond Mine, the diamondmine.la, California source for boutique genetics, powered by yours truly, Blackleaf. And you know what that means? That means I'm bringing my best genetics into this. I'm bringing stuff I've been hiding, harboring away, stuff I haven't wanted to let out. We're bringing all that into the diamondmine.la and we're gonna offer that to California. Go on our website, hit the newsletter, and see if you can rock with us. Get on board with some of our genetics and change your garden. The diamondmine.la, powered by Blackleaf. We're here holding Power SI, and we want to talk a little bit about what this can do for your garden. It's a game-changing product I use in my garden. Foliar, res feeds, I recommend it to all growers. This is a game-changer. Go to Power SI and enter in the code FIRSTSMOKE to get a discount. Yo, we're right here at TLC Collective, home of the Jungle Boys, where they've been playing with fire since 2006, right here in Los Angeles, California. It's at Jungle Boys on all social media, jungleboys.com, and if you wanna see for yourself, come right here to TLC Collective, man. Let's check it out.